All righty, welcome in everyone to the Football Addicts Anonymous podcast. Great to be back. I'm back in Milwaukee. <laughs> back in sunny Milwaukee, baby. Best city on planet Earth. Yeah, it was a little chilly today. It was 73. Yeah, you're starting to get that late August nip in the air a little bit. Um, but yeah. Good to be back on the show as well. Missing yesterday, driving from Nashville to Milwaukee. So good to be back, Logan, for a little bit for you anyways. Um, we'll try to get through as much as we can while you're on here. But uh, yeah, preseason week one to talk about. I have a lot of storylines. I've been watching. Uh, I've been watching the ESPN fantasy football marathon going on right now um and yeah a lot of stuff going on <laughs> there's a lot of storylines yeah. after yep. one, one week uh but yeah we'll uh look at all those games and then at the end of the show we'll talk about the nfc south and the acc getting into our college football previews um yeah so thursday we had Giants beat the Patriots 23-21. Uh, my boy, Bailey Zappi. I love Bailey Zappi. I was surprised he went to New England. Don't like that he went there. He's not going to have an opportunity there. But, um, yeah, was pretty good. 205 touchdown. Had a pick, unfortunately, though. Um, Tyrod was, was decent for the Giants. Daniel Jones, uh, I heard, was not good. I didn't get to watch the game. But, um and the Patriots offense, I heard, has been very suspect in camp. So <laughs> yeah, those have been the early returns, that's for sure. Um, and, I mean, <laughs> I don't know what they expected not having a bona fide OC, but. Yeah. No <laughs> uh, judge, Matt Patricia, splitting play calling in this game. Uh, one called the plays when Brian Hoyer was on the field. The other called the plays when Bailey Zappi was on the field. So we still don't know who's going to call plays when the regular season hits. Um, Antonio Williams, leading rusher in the game for the for the Giants, 9 for 61, had a touchdown. Um, Pierre Strong, Kevin Harris, Pierre Strong, leading rusher for the Patriots. Kevin Harris scored. Um, the two rookies there. Uh, Wilkerson for the Patriots, 8 for 99. He was the leading receiver in the game, 12 targets. Pretty healthy workload in preseason game. Um, let's see what else. Little Jordan Humphrey scored for, for New England. Richie James scored for the Giants. And Tyquan Thornton scored for uh, the Patriots, which I've heard he has progressed a lot quicker than people thought he would. Uh, mm -hmm. Second-round pick. Yeah, yeah. Trenton Thompson is my uh, or no, Austin Calitro is my defense player of the game. Yeah, Tyquan Thornton's going to be interesting because I know that when he was picked, a lot. Uh, I mean, I when he went and then you you paired it kind of with the Cole Strange of it all. You know, there was a lot of talk around you know the the Patriots reaching, um, yeah, but I really liked Tyquan Thornton. Um, coming out, and I was higher on him than 
most of the media was at least. I think he was getting consistently fourth round grades. I thought he was worth the top 100 pick. I mean, great combine. And he put up really good production in his final year at Baylor. So, yeah, I, I think he could be a, a, a very good pick for them. We'll see. Like you said, they uh, they need someone to step up in the receiver. Traded yep. for Devontae Parker, hoping he would be the guy. Uh, he's been dealing with some injury th- stuff. So we'll see uh, how he does coming up in the regular season in a few weeks. And, yeah, unlike the regular season where I'll say who covered the spread and uh, hmm. if the over-under hit, I'm not doing that in preseason. Though you like, can't bet on preseason games. Yeah. Like, if you're betting on preseason games, I don't know, man. You might need to seek help. You might need to call the gambling hotline. <laughs> I know quite a few people that have been betting preseason <laughs> games every weekend so far. Uh, all right. The other game on Thursday, Ravens, 23-10 win over the Titans. The Ravens win their NFL record 21st consecutive preseason game. <laughs> That's just crazy. Um, That's streak in all the sports. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite players, I, I hate the Ravens, but uh, I, I'm a Tyler Huntley guy. Really mm-hmm. excited. I picked him up in both my dy- in two of my three dynasty leagues last year late last year hoping that he would get free this year he didn't he was a restricted free agent they kept him um or no he was in exclusive rights i believe this year Mm -hmm. he's restricted next year and maybe i'm hoping someone will tender an offer to him um and if not then i'm gonna hold him and keep holding until 2024 where he's an actual free agent uh, unrestricted free agent. So hopefully, yes. eventually, Huntley will get a chance somewhere down the line. Uh, he might even get it in Baltimore with the Lamar Jackson contract situation uh-huh. uh, remaining unresolved. Um, before we talk about the game, I just, since I brought it up, your thoughts on the, uh, the Lamar contract? Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I think he deserves top money i think that when he's healthy he is he is a game changer and i know that we've talked on the show about you know there definitely are some questions with longevity considering you know he doesn't have the biggest frame he does a lot of his game is based on running but i think if you if you get him a five-year however many million it takes to be the the top guy contract i think he will be able to play out that second contract and still be an effective guy um in terms of tyler huntley man i he he just he does look good (laughs) and you know i think there's incentive right now for the Ravens to hold on to him, just like you said, because of the Lamar contract situation so that they have some leverage there as he continues to play well. Um, But I mean, if, and when he comes becomes available, if you're like the lions, if you're the Falcons, the Seahawks, like I'd be very comfortable moving a pick. Um, 
we know how hard it is to find a guy who can lead your team. And if you think even there's a little something there with Huntley, like move a third for him. Like, you know, nothing's guaranteed. It's a premium position. And in my opinion, you always take as many hits at it as possible if you don't already have that guy. Yeah, I I agree. I, I think I've made my stance clear on Lamar. I'm not a Lamar guy. Um, I, he's just not an elite passer. That's what you need in the NFL. Can't just do it with your legs. Even even we saw uh, one of the best, if if not, I mean, most people think Michael Vick is, is the best running quarterback, probably dual threat in league history, right? Um, Cam Newton broke many of his records running the ball-wise. Um, but you saw with Cam, uh, specifically his MVP season in 2015, he was lights out with – nothing at the receiver position um but he was throwing the ball and running it so um maybe that's the same i mean lamar had one mvp season as well so but it's not my he is not my cup of tea so uh anyways this game though malik willis first action titans third round pick um I heard Vrabel was pissed at him because he ran too much and he didn't throw the ball enough. Uh, <laughs> but he did score a rushing touchdown. Uh, so, yeah. I, I mean, again, just like I'm not a Lamar guy, I'm not a Malik Willis guy either. I really? I, I was very favored to Kenny Pickett. Uh, it says I was excited about him going to Pittsburgh. We'll talk about him. But, um yeah, Malik Will, not that bad, though. I mean, uh, not, a, not a bad debut. Uh, it's just, I just heard Brable was pissed because he ran too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the report came out that he yanked him. Um, I think he played two quarters or maybe less um, because he wasn't taking enough stuff that was there. And when you go back, it, it, it's true. Um, and kind of what I talked about, um, kind of on Twitter is like, I think it comes down to coaching philosophy, right? Like, obviously, Vrabel yanked him because I think he didn't want him to like keep developing some bad habits. He for sure did hold on to the ball too long. There were some questions with his vision. In my opinion, you want to get a guy as many reps as possible, um, especially in this period, so you can evaluate him in your system. Um, but to each their own. And I think with Malik Willis is that right now he is who we thought he was coming out he had some really wow plays in that preseason game um there was a play where he was rolling to his left side armed it nice little check down there was a really good run the run for the touchdown and he did have a big um passing game um but like i also said he he held on the ball too long um he missed some easy reads um, so basically kind of what, what he was, um, in the pre-draft prospect, this kind of big boomer bust guy showed out, uh, in week one. So I like Malik Willis. I think there's definitely a lot of potential there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's just, um, keep waiting, keep seeing, you know, what he's kind of made of. 
Mark, how are you doing? Oh, he left. <laughs> I was going to say, how are you doing, Mark? <laughs> uh, probably had the Jets, the Jets scouts come in there asking to look at their quarterback because they need one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Julius Chestnut, Sacred Heart guy there. Love Julius Chestnut. Seven for 44. He did put the ball on the ground. Not good for him. Mike Davis, free agent acquisition for the Ravens. He scored. Uh, Shamar Bridges, four catches, 62 yards, touchdown, leading receiver in the game, five targets. Uh, do you know where Shamar Bridges is from, Logan? I do not. Fort Valley State. <laughs> wow. It doesn't <laughs> even show up. Point. It doesn't even <laughs> show up on his bio when you click on him on ESPN. Oh, my God. I had to look him up. But, uh, yeah, Shamar Bridges trying to make the team at a spot that has some spots open yeah. uh, for Baltimore. Defensive player of the game is, uh, for me, Titans, David Ananai, uh, four tackles, three of them solo, two sacks, tackle for loss, and two QB hits. Friday, Jets beating the Eagles 24-21. Um yeah, the third string Eagles defense gave this game away. Uh, the Eagles were up 14 nothing after the first uh-huh. And then they were uh, up late. They were up 21-17 late with a minute 40 to go. And then uh, Chris Streveler drove them down the field very quickly. Uh, first off, they let up like a 40-yard kick return uh, to Zonovan Knight. And then Streveler had a big run. Uh, I don't know how long it was. It was most of those 31 yards rushing, I believe, um, on that run. And then they were set up, I think, like three plays later, they were in the end zone. Um, But, yeah, I was very happy. Jalen Hurts was a beast. I mean, look, he had a perfect perfect quarterback rating, 158.3, 6 of 6, 80 yards, one touchdown. He didn't run the ball at all, I don't think, in that first drive. They only played one drive. Um, but, yeah, they were efficient. He was good, accurate. Didn't throw the ball to A.J. Brown at all, <laughs> <laughs> which was funny because A.J. said that Jalen told him he wasn't going to throw on the ball <laughs> in that game. Yeah, honestly, I, that's a good thing in my opinion. We know A.J. Brown's that dude. Like, we don't need to see that much from him. And what we need to see from Hertz is just spread the love, just pass it to the open guy, and that, that's what he did. Yeah, 22-yard touchdown throw to Dallas Goddard there. Um, Zach Wilson got hurt in this game. Talk about it. Uh, bone bruising on his knee, tore meniscus as well, had surgery today. Um Week one, they said not ruled out yet, which mm. I mean, I understand why it's not as it was two to four weeks originally. Um, so that puts you at three weeks, I think, would be week one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's I know a lot of people are concerned. Not that he's going to be out, but the fact that he's going to be out and missing reps that he needs a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's bad news. Um, I think the timetable, it's got to be based on, like, how 
the tear is like if it's a partial tear he'll be like obviously he's coming back sooner so i'm guessing that's what it is yeah um, they say meniscus trim yeah wasn't a repair yeah um but i mean the reports you know there's a port out of camp that said that joe flacco's out playing him. um <laughs> which is just not what you want to hear um you know, especially when they went out and, you know, they helped shore off that, shore up that O-line and they got Garrett Wilson. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they do. Yeah. Um, LaMichael P. Ryan leading rusher in the game, 10 carries, 51 yards. Our our guy John Babington's boy there, Jason Huntley, New Mexico State Aggie. Uh, he got a lot of work. The Eagles um, sat Miles Sanders early. The uh, Kenneth Gainwell, I don't think was playing. I think he's out with injury, or maybe he did play. If he did, he didn't play much. Mm. Yeah, Huntley got a lot of the work. Sixteen carries, forty-eight yards. Did score. Put the ball on the ground though. Big time in the receiving game. Four catches, 39 yards. Kennedy Brooks, 40 receiving touchdown. Um, under at the trade down to Oklahoma. Zonovan Knight, like I said, he scored a touchdown as well for the Jets. Uh, undrafted free agent out of NC State. Zach Pascal, leading receiver in the game. I was happy to see him get involved early. Um, my guy. LC, Lawrence Cager, leading receiver for the Jets, two catches, 40 yards. Um, yeah, Goddard scored. Calvin Jackson scored for the Jets. Jeremy Ruckert, third-round rookie out of tight, uh, out of Ohio State. He scored. Um, and then, yeah, defense player of the game is Jets. Defensive tackle, Tanzel Smart. Six tackles, three of them solos. Uh, two sacks, two tackles lost, and three QB hits. I was pissed that Carson Strong didn't play in this game. And Reed Sinnett did. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I had always kind of assumed that the undrafted free agent thing was because of the knee. And maybe it still is. Maybe, I don't know, there's some kind of injury designation with that still going on where they don't want to play him. But, like, if he's healthy... I don't know, then maybe just NFL evaluators felt different about him than everybody else did. Yeah, but it's it's going to be, I mean, it's not going to be a big cap hit, but the Eagles did give him the most guaranteed money of any undrafted free agent out there. Uh, so it was kind of weird to see him not play. Right. Okay, uh, Falcons getting the win, 27-23 over Detroit. Desmond Ritter's debut. Eh. (laughs) Under 50% completion, but he did bring them back. He won them the game. Two Mm -hmm. touchdowns. Also very effective with the ground game. Six carries, 59 yards. Um, Mariota didn't do much. I don't even know how much Mariota played. He only threw two balls, completed them both. Mm. He also ran a touchdown in, 23 yards on the ground to go with that. 
But yeah, Ritter. I've been trying to get rid of him in my one dynasty league. I have too many quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, this was one of the few games that I got to watch like most of. I think I watched like three quarters of. Uh, Mariota played like two or three um, series, but like literally didn't throw the ball. <laughs> like literally refused to throw the football. Um, and Ritter, um, you know, he had one. Yeah, he had a pick that was pretty bad. It got called back, um, I think. Um, but yeah, he definitely showed some flashes. And like you said, he was really effective in the running game. Um, I, I think it's very similar uh, to, to the Malik Willis situation in that like we kind of like know what we're getting a little bit. Like he looked confident out there. He didn't look out of place. And that's reflected in the fact that he was a four-year starter at Cincy. Um, but still, you know, you wonder if the talent's there, if he can adjust the NFL game. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Quadri Olison. It was a interesting storyline. He was the starting running back in this game. Patterson not playing. Um, Damian Williams not playing either. And he was effective. Uh, 6.6 yards per carry on, on five attempts. Uh, DeAndre Swift also effective in the rushing game. Did not get a target in the passing game. Did score, though. Uh, that's what we're looking for from DeAndre this year. We need him to to run the ball better, and uh, yeah. hoping he can. Just check in here. Yeah. Okay. Tom Kennedy, the uh, the rare hundred yard receiving game in a preseason. Uh-huh. Eight for 104, 12 targets. Drake London injured after his lone reception and target. Uh, mm-hmm. The one for 24 there. Eighth overall pick. Uh, Jared Bernhardt. I know Peter Schrager loves this guy. He caught a 21-yard touchdown from Desmond Ritter. This guy was a lacrosse player. And then I think he played football a little bit barely. Or did he? I don't. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I didn't look at the. Uh, I didn't actually watch the video on uh, Twitter, but uh, I know he. Schrager said he was a lacrosse player, and I guess he played a little bit at Ferris State Division Two. Wow, they got two guys from Ferris State now bounced around. Malik Taylor, yeah, <laughs> Packers great Malik Taylor from Ferris State, right? Well, how about Packers one-year wonder, tight end Devin Funches? <laughs> yeah. Catching a touchdown uh, for the Lions. Four catches, 19 yards, and a touchdown. Caught all four of his targets. Parker Hess also catching a touchdown for the Falcons. And then uh, my defensive player of the game is the top guy there, D. Alford. Uh, eight tackles, six solos, a, a pass deflection, and a pick for the corner from Atlanta. Yeah, I had to check. I was like, is that, is that Robert Alford? Did he, like, change his name? But no, the <laughs> Alford is a different guy. The <laughs> yeah. Alford is a, uh, a first-season guy. Uh, all right. Next game up here, Browns winning 24-13 over the Jags. 
Deshaun Watson looked like shit. Yeah. <laughs> There's no other way to put it other than that. Yep. Yeah. He looked like a guy who's missed like two years. <laughs> for five, seven yards. Yeah. In uh, what? Two two drives, three drives? Yeah, I think it was three. I think it was three. Yeah, and then you look at, you know, Josh Dobbs. Josh Rosen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they were fantastic, um, especially Josh Dobbs, 108 yards and a touchdown. Rosen, though, only missed one pass. I'm telling you, dude, I think Josh Rosen is finally – he's finally got it. He finally understands. You think so? Yeah, his, his two years in Atlanta, he, he understands now. He, he He knows how to do it, and I think he could – if given the backup job, which he won't obviously get, fighting Josh Jobs for the uh, third spot on the QP depth chart. Um, but besides Deshaun Watson in this game, the Jags actually played their guys after their uh, preseason Hall of Fame game loss to the Raiders, not playing anyone. Trevor Lawrence, only 50%. Uh, but he did throw a touchdown, ran once for 11 yards. And ETN, 10 total touches in this game. Not that effective running the ball. And he Oof. caught one for 10. But, um, yeah, I the, the starters are, are slowly coming along for Jacksonville. Yeah. Yeah, I got to watch some highlights from this game. The NFL went through, did highlights of every preseason game. I tried to catch up on some. Um, the one thing that, that I'm really excited about Trevor Lawrence is that, and it's one of the most translatable um, traits to success at the quarterback position, is pocket awareness, pocket presence. Mm-hmm. Um, I think his year... Behind his year one behind that old line is kind of, uh, you know, <laughs> indirectly helped him a little bit. Um, just kind of his poise, it was very apparent to me, uh, even though, you know, the completion percentage wasn't there. Um, he hung tough in the pocket. And then ETN, like you said, his average wasn't great, um, but there were a, uh, a couple of plays where he flashed his, his ability his burst. I know he had like a 10 yard run. Um, so yeah, I, I think there is some promise there. Uh, other interesting note for this game, Jerome Ford was very good. 5.7 yards per carry on 10 attempts, scored a touchdown, uh, rushing scored a receiving touchdown. Also caught four balls for 45 yards on five targets. Did fumble the ball once. So I got a, uh, fix that up, but the interesting note about Jerome Ford draft pick this year, I think fifth round. Uh, Kareem Hunt wants out. Mm-hmm. The Browns are set up to trade Kareem Hunt, they just don't yep. want to right now. They have Dearness Johnson, Jerome Ford, and uh, what's the other dude? Uh, the receiver running back guy. Felton, Felton. Felton, yeah. Yep. So they have the bats. Yep. 
I, I don't know why they don't just trade him because I think you could get a decent draft pick for Kareem Hunt. I, I think that you know. I think a third round pick would be mm-hmm. value. Yeah, um, you know, Kareem Hunt. Uh, there's a lot of teams that I think could use that addition to their backfield. Atlanta. Um, shoot, I mean, I mean. A lot of teams can use the Kareem Hunt. Um, and uh, Dearness Johnson showed that he can be that dude in the backup role. Um, and in my opinion, the Browns, you know, <laughs> some of their other management decisions have, you know, potentially been questionable <laughs> depending on how you view it. Uh, but I think the Browns over the past few years have done the running back position right, which is just keep building so that when injuries come up you can handle it and so that your rb1s aren't getting put through the ringer and have a longer shelf life you know i think nick chubb's chubb's going to be able to have a much longer career not only because of his talent but because of how they're able to manage his workload and i think that makes for a more effective rushing attack overall Yeah. Uh, like I mentioned, starters getting in here for the Jags this game. New starting tight end, Evan Ingram, catching a touchdown, nine yards for the score on two targets there. Leading receiver for the Browns, though, was not a wide receiver. It was a tight end, a guy that I had never heard of. Uh, Nakia Griffin-Stewart, three catches, 37 yards on four targets. I forget where he's from. I, I saw it, but... Um, yeah. NGS getting it done. Uh-huh. Uh, Isaiah Thomas, what a debut for the rookie draft pick for Cleveland. Three tackles, all of them solos, two sacks, three tackles floss, and two QB hits. And their third round pick, their first pick of the draft this year, Martin Emerson Jr., all that he did was take a pick to the house, 74 yeah. yards right before halftime, I believe it was. Um, that was where all my betting people were going crazy because they said, this is one way to cash Brown's first half plus a half. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, three tackles, three of them solo, tackle loss, 74-yard pick six for Martin Emerson. Yeah. And DP's been another position where they have just kind of hammered that – um, and they have crazy depth there right now. Yeah, just activated uh, Denzel Ward, their number one corner off of Pup mm-hmm. this past weekend. Cardinals, 36-23 to 23 over the Bengals. Cardinals scoring the most points of the weekend by any team. Uh, and it was Trace McSorley. Getting it done. Him and Jared Garantano. I've not heard Jared Garantano's <sighs> name in a while. No. Um, but Trace McSorley is one of my favorite players. Obviously, I'm a Penn State guy. Mm. Uh, and he's been one of my favorite guys since he left Penn State and went to Baltimore. Um, a guy who we have not heard of from in a while either. Jake Browning made it appear. I didn't even know he was on Cincinnati. 
<laughs> Me either. <laughs> showed up on the stat sheet. Uh, yeah. Pretty good game. He was game. a Viking, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was originally a seventh-round pick with the Vikings, I believe. Um, but, yeah, with the Bengals now, uh, hoping to latch on. They have uh, three guys here playing quarterback, Brandon Allen, in concussion protocol. So maybe uh, maybe they do keep three um, as they work Joe Burrow back from the appendectomy. had his first practice back uh, a couple days ago. But um, – yeah, Jake Browning fighting Drew Plitt there, who was perfect. He had a Jalen Hurts stat line, 6-6, six, six, mm. 76 yards, one touchdown. Perfect passer rating for Drew Plitt, one of my favorite guys from the MAC out of Ball State. Um, there's a lot of quarterbacks and, and a lot of guys that come that are coming out of the MAC that are rookies this year that I have been following that I really like. Uh, but, yeah, Jake Browning, the 190 leading passer in the game, did fumble the ball, but he did run it four times for 14 yards, something I did not know Jake Browning could do. <laughs> but, yeah, McSorley looked pretty good, 163 touchdown. He is uh, – I don't know. I don't know if Arizona is keeping three or not. I don't think they usually do. I think it's usually just two as far as I know. Uh, so it'll be Kyler and Colt McCoy once again. Um, but yeah, McSorley trying to trying to make them keep three there. Yeah, um, McSorley's a guy who I'd roster just for the athletic upside alone. To be honest, what kind of fun you know formations could you run with him and Kyler out of the backfield? Just <laughs> just crazy backyard stuff. Right, and, and Trace McSorley for not being the biggest guy. I believe he's only six foot. Um, he is one of the toughest guys, toughest quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Yep. He got absolutely lit up a, a bunch when he was at Penn State and just kept going. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I think he'd be an interesting goal line option for Arizona. Mm-hmm. See if uh, Cliff could, could scheme some stuff up for him. Uh... Well, yeah, Brandon Allen, like I said, hurt in this game, three for three, 29 yards. Jacques Patrick, former XFL, original XFL guy. Uh, he was with the Tampa Bay Vipers and the XFL back in uh, 2020 there. Nine carries, 30 yards, touchdown. Rookie, one of my favorite rookies this, this year. Seven carries, 27 yards, Keontae Ingram. He scored a touchdown, two catches, 18 yards as well. I don't know why there – I don't see a reason why Keontae Ingram should not be the backup and beat out Darrell Williams. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I like uh, I like the opportunity there for, for Keontae Ingram, mostly because I'm not real worried about Eno Benjamin and – like Daryl Williams, I think. <laughs> I think yeah, Tingram could easily come in and be that second guy. Um, which I mean, it, it, it's an important role in that offense because Chase Edmonds was heavily utilized uh, as the RB kind of two once James Conner kind of took over. And we know James Conner cannot play a whole season, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, they're going to need some guys there. Uh, Andy Isabella, leading receiver for the Cards, 457. 
Cars need to figure out what they're going to do a receiver here without DeAndre Hopkins, possibly without Marquise Brown as well. Uh, maybe a pending suspension for him coming as well. Uh, yeah, Kendrick Pryor, leading receiver for the game, four catches, 89 yards, touchdown on seven targets for the Bengals. And then defensively, I am going with uh, Cardinals linebacker Victor Dimukeje. Uh, three tackles, two solos, two sacks, tech plus, and two QB hits. Yeah, he played really well, and I think that if he continues to play really well, he can be a good answer uh, to their kind of pass rushing questions. Well, they already have one of my favorite guys, Dennis Gardeck. Dennis <laughs> Gardeck, I, I've been telling people for the last two years, Dennis Gardeck, man, he needs more opportunities. And now he's finally going to get some this year without Chandler Jones there. Uh, also want to mention Jeff Gunter, draft pick for the Bengals this year. Loves Jeff Gunter at Coastal Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys coming out of there. Uh, all righty. Rolling along here. 49ers getting it done against your Packers, Logan. 28-21. What else is new? <laughs> this is true. I just saw highlights of Nick Bosa strip. He still strips acting Aaron Rodgers. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyways, Jordan Love. Uh, yeah. Interesting night. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know that his performance encapsulates kind of what we feel about him thus far. Um. Now, the stat line, I don't like to be that guy, but the stat line doesn't tell the whole story. There were quite a few instances where some of those picks could be attributed to wide receivers. Um, Still, he missed a lot of what are supposed to be routine throws. Um, There are some errors in decision-making. You know, you see some of the improvements that have been talked about by a lot of the beat reporters in camp, um, that year three has shown shown some improvement. Um, but basically just like everything else, it's too it's too soon to tell. <laughs> well it better be soon. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they only got two more years of him under contract. Uh-huh. Um with the fifth-year option pending in uh, 2020. Yep. Well, I was I was heated that he didn't play in the third quarter. Uh, no disrespect to Danny Edling, but <laughs> you need to see as much Jordan Love as possible. Um, yeah. I know I think they pulled him because maybe they didn't want to rattle his confidence because he had already had the three picks on the stat sheet. Um but right now, it's about volume. It's about maximizing this evaluation window um, in year three. Danny Etling looked great, though. Yeah. Wait, 123 yes. touchdown. Yeah. Almost a perfect passer rating there. One of, uh, one of my favorite beat reporters for the Packers that I, that I follow said, maybe Danny Etling's the savior. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Belichick couldn't, couldn't keep him. He didn't have enough yeah. room for him, so... Uh, but he did start under Belichick in New England. So stranger things have happened, I guess. Yeah. Niners played three quarterbacks. 
Another guy I'm not a big fan of. I'm not. I am not on the hype train for Trey Lance this year. Really, you're just anti-mobile QB. <laughs> the only kind, the only kind of mobile QBs I like are Cam Newton, where you're big, you have enough meat on you to to be mm-hmm. able to pounding. Now these guys are 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 more slim. Most of the guys are more slim. They use a lot of juke moves, quickness. That's fine. But I need an arm, which I guess Trey Lance has. Trey Lance is such a hype machine this year because yeah. of the Shanahan offense and because he has a lot of raw skill. But I think a lot of people are comparing him to Patrick Mahomes because he did the same kind of thing where he sat most of the year yeah. Had to come in, start those couple of games when Jimmy G was hurt. But it's not it's not going to be Mahomes. That's not – for one, they're different, obviously. Mahomes is a lot better passer, and he can run. I think Trey Lance is more of a runner and needs to develop as a passer. Um, but, yeah, I am not – I'm not on the hype train – with uh with most of the other people out there yeah you know i think it's that's a good kind of counterweight because right now like you said like the lance hype is like just like running like just running away with it and there there are a lot of comps to uh patrick holmes for the reasons you said you know sat for a year had all this physical has all this physical talent and then like the hype around Patrick Mahomes was like really coming out like in camp a year too. And it feels like there's some of that going on with Trey Lance. Um, but, and I think this is a good thing to say about the preseason as a whole is that, and I've been saying it already on the pod. It's, it's too soon to tell, <laughs> like you cannot just make it's week one of preseason. It's definitely not meaningless. But it's not as important as a lot of people are kind of overanalyzing right now. Um, In the football sphere and in the fantasy sphere, I see a lot of people overreacting to kind of just week one hype. Um, Like we learned nothing from Jamar Chase, uh, Jamar Chase's preseason. (laughs) I was was so ready to light up the Bengals for not taking Panay Sewell. And then what happens? Jamar Chase becomes a top five wide receiver and they go to the Super Bowl. So, you know, so just I think it's good. You know, you just kind of pump the brakes, everyone. Let's see how it plays out. Um, yeah. I mean, he looked he looked good. Um, the biggest issue of the stat line is 76 of those 92 yards came on one play. Yeah. Yeah. That he gets credit for because he threw it. For half of the yards, <laughs> yeah. And Danny Gray made an outstanding catch and run uh, to finish off the seventy-six yard touchdown. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, Nate Sudfeld was was pretty good in this game. Um, Eight eleven, one hundred three touchdown. My guy Brock Purdy, <laughs> Mister Irrelevant this year. Uh, through the game-winning touchdown, he did. Uh, 
Tyler Goodson. I was uh, surprised that uh, Tyler Goodson, he went undrafted, right? Yeah. Yep. Great back out of Iowa. Uh, the Packers could use depth yeah. if, they, if they have spots. Yep, he played well, and he's been generating a lot of buzz out of camp. Um, I, I think there's a really – right now, and again, it's too soon to tell, <laughs> but – I think, like, if you had to make the roster cutdowns today, I think there's a good, good chance he makes the 53 and is the RB3. Yeah, I think the Niners draft the running back every year. They drafted another one this year in Terry Davis Price out of LSU. Uh, one yard shy of Goodson's 37 yards, but uh, not the average you want, but uh, still building there for, for TDP. Um, yeah, Danny Gray, like I said, uh, two catches, 99 yards, touchdown. Again, I think I talked about an NFC West season preview. The Niners receiving depth. Danny Gray has a shot. He has a good shot at uh, seeing meaningful reps. Mm. Um, snaps this year with, uh, you know, Debo and then Ayuk. I, I don't think they have a clear third guy right now yeah yeah danny gray i could see being that dude Mm -hmm. and he's been playing well you know i think uh, he played well in this game and i think there's been some rumblings out of camp that he's looked really really well so yeah ray ray mcleod scored a touchdown we we usually don't see him catching the ball too much on offense but uh he will be the niners return man that's how he'll make the roster he did put the ball on the ground once however and then the biggest hype train out of Green Bay this preseason. <laughs> my favorite, one of my favorite guys. I love all the Nevada guys. Carson Strong, yeah. Cole Turner, who is probably going to be the starting tight end for the Washington Commanders week one. And mm-hmm. then Romeo Dobbs, fourth round wide receiver, Nevada, three catches, 45 yards, scored a touchdown, seven targets in the game. Do you have a drop? Yeah, yep. He had one drop, and then he got he got muscled, um, kind of on that pick, one of the Jordan Love picks. Um, but it was also kind of a poorly thrown ball that he had to kind of fight for. So, but yeah, the the hype train has been has been real in Packer Nation. Um, you know. Again, I'm I'm I always want to be cautiously optimistic. As I said, it's very early, but so far Romeo Dubs has been everything the Packers could ask for out of a fourth rounder and then some. That's for sure. Um, and you know when we drafted him, you know, I told I, I told my friends, I told my folks, I was like, anybody else who was a Packer fan that was you know looking for kind of my analysis because they know that you know I love the NFL draft and stuff I said I was like you know don't be surprised if Romeo Dubs like out produces and outplays Christian Watson in his first year Mm -hmm. because Dubs is a very experienced wide receiver and was uber productive at Nevada in that air raid system um, so I think he's right now, he's a little more polished. Um, and hopefully, hopefully they can, you know, if he is really that dude, as he's kind of been hyped about right now, I mean, it'd be 
huge doesn't even begin to encapsulate how that would help that offense recover from Devontae Adams' loss. Yeah. I mean, the Packers are a team not as successful as the Steelers, but probably right below them at historically developing mid-round receivers. Um, You know, Devontae Adams wasn't a first-round pick. He was a second-round pick. Um, So, and you see other guys, you know, Randall Cobb, James Jones, et cetera. Jordy, yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Romeo Dobbs has had more opportunities just be for the fact that Christian Watson's been hurt. He finally came uh, off pup. Him and Robert yeah. Tommy, uh came off pup this past weekend. So we'll see uh, if Watson plays week two. Um, Amari Rogers scored a touchdown. <laughs> the probably forgotten man. No one yeah. thought Amari Rogers, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I was I was so hyped when we traded up for Amari uh, in twenty one, um, and yeah, he struggled um, in his rookie year. But in fairness to him, I mean, he was kind of crammed into that um, that punt returning role because he's kind of that kind of size and stature of a guy you want to play that position. But he didn't do that at Clemson. He was learning that all on the fly in a special teams unit that was dead last in the NFL. Um, so that kind of stunned his growth, growth in my opinion, um, in terms of developing as a wide receiver. Um, and it's weird. He's gotten a lot of hate from, from a certain amount of Packers fans who are saying things like, he might not even make the 53. I can guarantee you Omar, Omari Rodgers is making 53 he's gonna be one of the six wide receivers that's on the 53-man roster and the good news is that he looks a lot more athletic this year um he talked with the media about how he's kind of been cutting cutting down trying to get to a healthier weight losing some body fat um and he had a really good touchdown um run after the catch and he had a really good kick return so Hopefully he can keep going those successes and um, hopefully he'll carve a roll out in the slot. Again, his development is also um, just as important um, as anybody else in that wide receiver room to help mitigate the loss of Devontae Adams. My uh, defense player of the game for this game, it's a tough one, but I'm going to go with the guy at the bottom. He didn't have as many tackles, but... 49ers corner Samuel Womack the third, two pass flexions and two of the Jordan Love three interceptions. Samuel Womack did have. All right, uh, Saturday, Panthers beating the Commanders 23-21. Matt Corral, (laughs) game-winning drive. (laughs) Or I shouldn't say game-winning in quotes. He led the Panthers to the game-winning field goal, Zane Gonzalez walk-off field goal uh, with three seconds left. But, um, yeah, Corral's debut was not did not go very well. Um, one for nine, <laughs> 11 yards. And uh, luckily for him, Washington's secondary likes to hold because <laughs> of that key pass interference penalty that set them up in field goal range. Um, but, uh, his rookie counterpart, Sam Howell played pretty well. 
um, scored two rushing touchdowns, brought the commanders back because they were down. I think it was uh, 21 seven. And I think Cal brought them back to tie it or they were down a uh, 20 to 20 to seven or something like that. And Hal brought them back led 21 20. Yeah. I think there's some cautious optimism in DC because I mean, when we saw Sam Howell two years ago, when he had some really good weapons around him, he was great. Um, that's why he was getting number one overall hype um, with him and Spencer Rattler in the way too early <laughs> mock drafts, right? And then, you know, you see him when those guys graduated to the, uh, to the NFL, um, and, and he struggled a lot. So I think there's cautious optimism that, hey, if, like, you return – to that form, you get some NFL caliber talent around you. Um, maybe you can see some more of that other Sam Howell that we saw in the past. Again, this is preseason week one. <laughs> but, I mean, it's always good when you come out and you look good um, in kind of your first outing. In terms of Mac Corral, the good news is it's too early. <laughs> you know, this is exactly what preseason's for is to – make mistakes and kind of just figure it out. Um, from what I heard is that he looked kind of skittish um, out there. He didn't look very comfortable. Um, and again, that's exactly what preseason's for, just to get those reps, um, get that comfortability in live action. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, I'm not sweating it um, either way with either of those guys um, because we need to see a little bit more, a little more sample size. Yeah, it's uh, it's not good. <laughs> Carson Wentz's mental sanity that Sam Howell is playing well because we know what happens. Yeah. Carson Wentz when he sees success behind him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he he's did, already he shaking, did. dude. Ten for thirteen, seventy-four yards. Really good day for Carson Wentz. Um. And back to Sam Howell, though. See, Sam Howell is a guy that is a runner, but he's big. He's big enough to take the hits. It's the kind of running quarterbacks I like. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think I think Trey Lance can be that dude, too. He's 220, but he's like a rocked-up 220. Like, Lamar's pretty thin. He's got that thin frame. But yeah. I think Trey Lance has – the durability enough to kind of be that guy. But I, but I totally agree with what you're saying with Sam Howell too. And he showed it this past year because he had to make a lot of those plays with his legs. Um, that was kind of one of those indirect um, things that we saw that we got to see from him because he wasn't airing it out as much. Yeah. The uh, quarterback competition for Carolina, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Baker looked pretty good. Um, led to three points in his First drive, uh, got a couple drives in, but uh, was only able to get the three points on the board. Sam Darnold led a touchdown drive, a short touchdown drive, two for three, 16 yards touchdown. That came off of a uh, the the Taylor Heineke pick, I believe. I can't remember. I was listening to the game because I was on the golf course, but um, (laughs) – Bad news, possibly, for Antonio Gibson here. Brian Robinson had a nice day. 
4.3 yards per carry, touchdown, two catches, 15 yards. And Tony Gibson fumbled again. Um, yes. It's not good for my fantasy dynasty-wise <laughs> either. I have him on mm-hmm. But in terms of taking Ryan Robinson, picking him up in a dynasty league, what do you think? I, I like it right now because, for as you just mentioned, now – Again, it's very early, but they also don't really have RB2 locked up. Um, Who is Jarek McKinn or JD McKissick? Yeah. I mean, McKissick's like played good in in spurts, but I wouldn't say he's like the bona fide RB2 pushing for RB1. Um, So there's a lot of. like fluidity, I guess you could say it's a very fluid situation for the RB uh, situation there. And I like Brian Robinson coming out. Um, so Alabama running back. <laughs> yeah, it, they they are them and Wisco and Georgia. Yeah, it's the triple crown for RBU. Um, and he he has the build for it. Like that's the other thing that like. Maybe you put him over Antonio Gibson. Maybe it helps him beat him out. Is that he is absolutely built to be a running back? Um, oh. Yep. So I, I do really like picking up B Rob in terms of Antonio Gibson right now. I would say either way. I'd say it, whether you're looking to sell him or buy him, I'd say just hold the line right now because again. This is week one of preseason. Obviously, it's bad that it looks like his fumbling issues are continuing, and that's going to potentially keep him from seeing the field. But it's still early, and I still loved Antonio Gibson coming out of college. So we'll see. Yeah, my defensive player of the game here is corner Duke Dawson for the Panthers. Four tackles, two of the solos. Two pass selections and a pick off of Taylor Heineke. Just picked him up uh, a couple weeks ago, did the Panthers. Of the Steelers. You're out? Yep, I'm going to have to head out before we get to talk. I'll give you the entire floor for your Steelers. How about that? (laughs) All right, right, see you, dude. See you next week. Yes, sir. Uh, Steelers, 32-25 win over the Seahawks. Super Bowl 43 uh, rematch here. Drew Locke, Juno Smith split halves. I was uh, weirded out to see Pete Carroll take that approach to the Seahawks quarterback competition, but both played evenly. Drew Locke threw two touchdowns. Geno ran one in, but Drew Locke did have the game ceiling, essentially, uh, fumble where he was strip sacked by rookie linebacker Mark Robinson, um, and led to the Steelers' game winning touchdown there. Mitch Trubisky, Mason Rudolph, both looked pretty good. Uh, both throwing touchdowns, all three quarterbacks leading the Steelers to touchdown drives. Um, but yeah, Mitch looked very good there. Uh, so did Rudolph. But Kenny Pickett, Kenny Pickett is the storyline everyone is talking about in Pittsburgh right now. He was absolutely 
fantastic. 13 of 15, 86.7%, 95 yards, two touchdown passes, including the game-winning 24-yarder to Tyler Vaughn's undrafted rookie out of USC. Three carries, 16 yards as well. Pickett scrambled a little bit, picked up a key first down, um, eight-yard run on the game-winning drive, I believe it was. Uh, but, yeah, Kenny Pickett was great. And now we are hearing he is getting first-team reps uh, in the two-minute drill. So it's heating up in Pittsburgh, and and I, I don't think uh, anything is close to being settled yet between Trubisky and Pickett. Uh, DJ Dallas had a great game running the ball, 10 carries, 73 yards, uh, had a 17-yard receiving touchdown there. Anthony McFarland, 56 yards on the ground as well. He was good. But my favorite running back of the game, Jalen Warren. Uh, we called him Mark's cousin last year, Oklahoma State undrafted free agent. Uh, six carries, 34 yards, great average, 5.7, and he scored a receiving touchdown to go along with four catches, 30 yards on five targets was a great game for him. Uh, Gunnar Olszewski scored a touchdown, a guy that's going to be the leading punt returner for Pittsburgh. George Pickens also getting a lot of hype out of Pittsburgh. Very, very good game. Three catches, 43 yards. He scored a touchdown on five targets, caught that touchdown uh, from Mason Rudolph, who dropped a dime into the back of the end zone. Pickens got his feet down and scored Tyler Vaughn's, like I said, game-winning receiving touchdown. Two catches, 32 yards, and that score off two targets was very good as well. Uh, Derek Young, rookie, uh, seventh-round rookie out of Lenore Ryan, four catches, 30 yards. He scored uh, on five targets. And then defensive player of the game, Boye Mafe, the second-round rookie out of Minnesota, linebacker for the Seahawks, three tackles, all of them solo, two sacks, a tackle floss, and a quarterback hit. The Bears beat the Chiefs 19-14. Quarterback-wise, a lot of them played seven, to be exact. This was one of the games, one of the couple games that had seven quarterbacks play. Uh, In terms of the Bears, Justin Fields, okay, 57.1%, 48 yards, uh, carry for 10 yards as well. Nathan Peterman was pretty good. Uh, not as many yards. Trevor Simeon was very good, though. 53.8% completion, 89 yards, two touchdowns there. Um, Shane Bouchelle led the game in passing yards, 99 of them for the Chiefs. Uh, touchdown and a pick for him. Mahomes, what else? He was great. Six of seven, 85.7%, 60 yards, a touchdown drive for Patrick. Um Dustin Crum, he's another guy, like I said, out of the Mac, went to Toledo there. Six of 11, 18 yards, not many yards, but it's good completion percentage. Three carries, 28 yards for Crum as well. Chad Henney uh, didn't have to do too much in this game, two for three, 10 yards. Tristan Ebner, the leading rusher in the game, six carries, 31 yards. Uh, did not see him run too much at Baylor, at least not. I didn't anyways. More of a receiving threat, which he caught a 12-yard touchdown in this game, so there you go. Chiefs couldn't get anything on the ground uh, at all. Dustin Crum was the leading rusher for them. Uh, Clyde Delaire, Isaiah Pacheco, the leading actual running backs 
six yards each off two carries each uh, reception and five yards chipped on for Pacheco there. I love Isaiah Pacheco. I just sent a trade in for him in my one dynasty league. Hopefully I can get him. Um, I think he's going to be good. And I I think he's going to supplant Ronald Jones as the RB2 to start the season. And maybe maybe CEH struggles again and Pacheco gets an opportunity. Justin Watson, I've heard heard a lot of people hyped up about him. Five catches, 45 yards and a touchdown. uh, Former for the former Buck in Kansas City. Guy, not many people are talking about in that receiver room where they added Juju um, and other guys. Daz Newsom scored for the Bears, 13-yard touchdown there. Blake Bell scored a five-yarder for the Chiefs. And my defensive player of the game is Trayvon Coley for the, uh, the, for the Bears. Defensive tackle, two tackles, both of them solos, two sacks, two tackles for loss, a pass deflection, and three quarterback hits. The Bills beating the Colts, 27-24. Uh, Matt Barkley was great, 224, 75% completion, and uh, did have a pick, however. Um, there's a, a lot of good quarterback play, actually, in this game. Case Keenum was not good. Uh, 86 yards. He threw two picks and had a fumble. So I think Barkley has the inside track. Now, they traded for Keenum, I believe, this offseason. Uh, if they didn't, they just signed him straight up. But uh, – just off this game, I don't know. I haven't heard of how camp is going for both of these guys, but it seems like uh, Matt Barkley has the upper hand on Case Keenum to get the uh, number two QB spot for the Buffalo Bills. Sam Ellinger was fantastic for Indianapolis. 10 of 11, 90.9% completion, 88 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, 139.6 QB rating. Uh, also chipped on four carries, four, 24 yards as well. Nick Foles was pretty decent, but just like Case Keenum, he turned it over uh, twice, one pick and a fumble for Nick Foles. He got strip sacked. I know I saw that play in the highlights, 72 yards, 7 of 11 for Nick Foles there. Matt Ryan was decent, 60%, 58 yards, uh, no touchdowns there, and Jack Cohn, one of five, not great for the undrafted rookie there. One of five, zero yards on that one completion. Um, Zach Moss is going to make it hard for James Cook to supplant him as the number two running back behind um, Devin Singletary. Three carries, 37 yards, 12.3 yards per carry. Also had two catches for five yards there. Naeem Hines. Trying to make that $8 million a year contract look good. 26 yards on eight carries, two catches, 13 yards. Raheem Blackshear, though, had a whale of a game for for the Bills. Undrafted out of Virginia Tech, six carries, 11 yards. Not great average, 1.8, but scored two rushing touchdowns. Power back in the red zone could be a role for him. Four catches, 60 yards as well. So not just power. He can finesse and catch the ball. Soft hands there, five targets on. Uh, for Blackshear. Tyson Williams, the forgotten guy from the Ravens. He scored a 15-yard receiving touchdown, had five carries, 10 yards as well. Khalil Shakir, I love Khalil Shakir. Boise State got a rookie, five catches, 92 yards, five targets. Um, Isaiah Hodgins had a great game. Oregon State rookie, nine receptions, 77 yards, 11 targets there. Michael Pittman, leading receiver for the Colts, two catches, 30 yards. Uh, Jelani Woods, the rookie tight end out of Virginia, had a 
receiving touchdown. So did Michael Jacobson um, for Indianapolis. Defensively, I am going with the rookie linebacker Terrell Bernard uh, for the Bills. Three tackles, two of them solo, and a 69-yard fumble return for a touchdown. The Dolphins beat the Bucks 26-24. Kyle Trask looked decent. Uh, great completion percentage, 75.8%, 258. Uh, one touchdown, but he did turn it over twice, a pick and a fumble. Led to the uh, Dolphins winning this on a game-winning Jason Sanders field goal. Skylar Thompson, this was probably the most intriguing quarterback game of all uh, the first week of preseason games. Skylar Thompson played the whole game. Tua did not play. And uh, they also did not play his backup, who I'm blanking on who his backup is because it's not the guys that have been there before. Is it Teddy Bridgewater? It is. Teddy Bridgewater did not play either. So Skylar Thompson, seventh-round rookie out of Kansas State, got out of the whole whole game, and he did well. 71.4%, 218 yards, one touchdown, also had three carries, 25 yards. And unlike Trask, like I said, Thompson did not turn the ball over. Very, very good first game, first showing for Thompson in this game. Blake Gabbert was fantastic. Five of five, 56 yards. He led the Bucks on a scoring drive, uh, threw a touchdown pass as well, just shy of uh, a perfect quarterback rating for Blaine Gabbert. Rashad White, rookie out of Arizona State, had a great game. Seven carries, 32 yards, two catches, 13 yards. He's looking to be the number two running back, which he is on the depth chart, and we'll talk more about him in the uh, NFC South season preview. Miles Gaskin, leading runner for the Dolphins, four carries, 27 yards. Keyshawn Vaughn, he scored a rushing touchdown. Not great average, though, 1.9 rushing, uh, two catches, 22 yards. Bucks looking for help at receiver. Tyler Johnson hoping he is the solution. Six receptions, 73 yards, 12.2 average, and seven targets. Lynn Bowden Jr. scored for the Dolphins. Uh, Jarrett Stearns, my Western Kentucky guy. Uh, Bailey Zappi's teammate at Western Kentucky and Houston Baptist before that. Uh, four catches, 51 yards, 12.8 average, and one touchdown on four targets. Jalen Darden, former North Texas Mean Green, uh, one three. Uh, 23 yard receiving touchdown there. Defensive player of the game, I'm going with Cam Gill for the Bucks. Linebackers, four tackles, all of them solos, a sack, two tackles loss, and a quarterback hit. Texans beat the Saints 17 13. Uh, my guy, Davis Mills, perfect. Three of three, 100%. Uh, completion only 14 yards he had a couple of drives those three and outs um so that wasn't encouraging but still perfect so you know got got some work to do but it's all right the saints defense very good i'm not sure how many uh starters they played in this game but still playing most of the ones i would have to think jeff driscoll pretty decent uh but he did throw three interceptions which ultimately surprisingly didn't cost the Texans the game, 17-13, like I said. Three carries, 17 yards for Driscoll there. Ian Book, he had two turnovers, so uh, the Saints were actually only plus one in the turnover battle there um, in terms of the quarterbacks anyways. 
he has some development to do still, does Ian Book. Andy Dalton was perfect as well, 5 of 5, 51 yards and a touchdown drive uh, for his only uh, drive of the game. The guy in this game, Damian Pierce, uh, looked fantastic. Five carries, 49 yards, 9.8 yards per carry there. Love Damian Pierce in Dynasty and possibly even as a late-round flyer in redraft leagues, I think. Uh, Probably going to be the week one starter, I I have to think. Uh, He's outplaying the likes of Rex Burkhead, Marlon Mack, and Phillip Lindsay. Abram Smith, uh, rookie out of Baylor, led the way for the Saints on the ground. Seven carries, 30 yards. He did put the ball on the ground once, though. One reception, 12 yards. Uh, Dwayne Washington caught a receiving touchdown for New Orleans. Jalen Camp, second-year guy out of Georgia Tech. Two catches, 53 yards, and a touchdown. Dejon Dixon, Nickel State product. Leading receiver for the Saints this game, three catches, 33 yards on four targets. And then Johnny Johnson, Oregon product, one touchdown reception to go along with two catches on 25 yards and three targets. Uh, Defensive player of the game for me, Derek Rivers, defensive end for the Texans, two tackles, both of them solos, two sacks, two tackles for loss, and two QB hits. Broncos, 17-7 win over the Cowboys. Josh Johnson was great. 16 to 23, 172 yards, two touchdowns uh, for the journeyman. Who outplayed Brett Rippon? 8 of 18, 113 yards there. Terrible completion percentage, 44.4%. Uh, Josh Johnson, I think, has the leg up to be Russell Wilson's main backup. Ben DiNucci, Cooper Rush fighting to be Dak Prescott's backup um cooper rush had a pick ben DiNucci threw a touchdown the cowboys only won of the game as the broncos were very good defensively all night um up 14 up 17 nothing at halftime i believe it was broncos scored in the third quarter i think but um did the had the the only touchdown for dallas malik davis Eight carries, 51 yards, three catches, 16 yards. Good workload for him for uh, that Cowboy running back. Stevie Scott, the third, just signed last week for the Broncos, but he was the leading rusher for Denver. Six carries, 20 yards, 3.3 average for the former Michigan Panther, uh, USFL. Jalen Virgil, Appalachian State product, three catches, 83 yards on five targets for the Broncos. Kendall Hinton scored a touchdown. Uh, Brandon Smith led the way receive, uh, receiving yards-wise for the Cowboys uh, on a 40-yard reception. He's a rookie out of Iowa. Seth Williams scored for the Broncos. Uh, Simi Fajoko scored as well for the Cowboys, their only touchdown of the game. And defensive play of the game, easy here. Broncos linebacker Baron Browning, four tackles, three of them solos, a sack, tackle for loss, pass deflection, and a QB hit. Rams over the Chargers, 29-22, Battle of L.A. Bryce Perkins, pretty good. Uh, Didn't throw as much, 17 attempts the whole game, Uh, 58.8%, 133 yards, two touchdowns, though. Uh, Three touchdowns overall for Bryce Perkins, who uh, had eight carries, 39 yards, and a touchdown. Seems like every offseason, every preseason, we we get to see Bryce Perkins. It's kind of like how we used to see Kyle Sloter with the Vikings every preseason, for a couple of years there. 
Bryce Perkins getting the lead, uh, all the touches for the L.A. quarterbacks for the Rams. Easton Stick takes Daniel fighting to beat Justin Herbert's number one backup option. Uh, very similar stats. I would have to give the leg up to Chase Daniel, though. Only had two yards less than Easton Stick, but he scored two touchdowns. Had a 22-yard run with Chase Daniel. Uh, An older guy did not see a 22-yard carry coming from Chase Daniel. But uh, Easton Stick, yeah, threw a pick, made up for it with a rushing touchdown. Was not enough for the Chargers to win the game, however. Isaiah Spiller trying to become... Austin Eckler's main backup, 10 carries, 34 yards, uh, one reception for 10 yards there. A.J. Rose scored a touchdown for the Rams. Lance McCutcheon, he was the story of the game. Five catches, 87 yards, two touchdowns, six targets. Trying to make team here. Rookie, undrafted free agent out of Montana State, who went to the national championship last year, FCS national championship. Uh, Michael Bandy had a great game for the Chargers. Seven catches, 73 yards, and a touchdown on 11 targets. Joe Reed scored for LA for the Chargers. Um, and defensively, I am going with Chris Rump, the second for the Chargers. Four tackles, all of them solos, uh, a sack, two tackles lost, and a QB hit. And finally, the only game on Sunday, Raiders go to 2-0 in the preseason, 26-20 over the Vikings. Kellen Mon, I thought, looked a lot better. Uh, I didn't get to watch the game, but based off these stats, it seems like Kellen Mond looked a world better than what he looked last preseason. Uh, 9 of 14, 119 yards, two touchdowns there. No turnovers, which is, I think is a big key for him. Uh, the Raiders still trying to figure out what their backup situation is going to be and has got to look like behind starter Derek Carr. Nick Mullins had the best stat line here, 77.8% completion, 94 yards, a touchdown, two carries, nine yards as well. Jarrett Stidham, uh, decent. He scored a rushing touchdown on four carries, 16 yards, 68 yards passing on 10 of 15. Um, Garbers did not get as much opportunity in this game as last week in the Hall of Fame game, but still two of three, 19 yards here. Sean Mannion. Decent night, 79 yards, 8 of 12 passing there. Britton Brown, big night for him. Uh, the Raiders rookie, one of two rookie running backs for them. The guy took taken later than Zamir White, 14 carries, 54 yards, and a t- rushing touchdown here, two catches, seven yards as well. Ty Chandler in the Vikings' own rookie running back, five carries, 50 yards, very good there. Um DJ Turner for the Raiders led the way receiving three catches, 58 yards and a touchdown on four targets. Um, Myron Mitchell was the leading receiver for the Vikings, two catches, 37 yards on two targets. And then Albert Wilson scored two touchdowns, two catches, 22 yards and two touchdowns on two targets. Defensively, I am going with defensive tackle T.Y. McGill for the Vikings, two tackles, both of them solos, two sacks, two tackles for the loss and two QB hits. NFL news. We're starting off NCAA news. Uh, the AP preseason poll was announced. Of course, Alabama number one. Uh, they have 
54 first place votes. Ohio State, two, six first place. Uh, Georgia, number three, they have three first place votes. Those are, are the uh, 63 first place votes handed out. Clemson, four. Notre Dame, five. Texas A&M, six. Utah, seven. Michigan, eight. Oklahoma, nine. Baylor, 10. Oregon, 11. Oklahoma State, 12. NC State, 13. USC, 14. Michigan State, 15. Miami, 16. Pitt, 17. Uh, Wisconsin, 18. Arkansas, 19. Kentucky, 20. Ole Miss, 21. Wake Forest, 22. Cincinnati, 23. Houston, 24. And BYU, 25. Uh, again, I was, I'm just mad. No Penn State in the top 25. That's all right. They'll be ranked at some point this season, hopefully after week one. But um, I don't think there's many surprises here. Surprised, uh, probably Baylor, uh, number 10, Oklahoma as well, number nine. Uh, I guess the, uh, the AP believes a lot in Dylan Gabriel transfer in from UCF and uh, Brett Venables gets him there. Utah at seven is, is sort of, so, of a surprise, but the uh, reigning Pac-12 champions, they are looking good in their preseason. Michigan at eight, um, rating Big Ten champs there. Uh, let's see. What else do we think is a uh, surprise? USC 14. I, I mean, that's not very much of a surprise. We knew they are going to be ranked. A lot of people believe in Lincoln Riley and uh, Kayla Williams out there. Jordan Addison is, is pretty good to believe in as well. So Miami at 16. Tyler Van Dyke trying to take them to new heights. Pitt, I think, is too high. Uh, Keaton Slovis coming over from USC. They lost Jordan Addison. I'm just not sure how much fire, how much offensive firepower Pitt is going to have this year. We'll have to wait and see there. Uh, and Ole Miss, 21. Let's see how they look without uh, Matt Crowell. Wake Forest, 22. That is going to change, I think, in a hurry. I have never witnessed their new quarterback that they have, Sam Hartman. He is out indefinitely. Uh, Non-football medical injury, medical condition. Wake Forest will severely miss him, and I think that will show when we talk about the ACC preview at the end of the show here. Cincinnati breaking in a new quarterback, Desmond Ritter gone. So we'll see how they look. And then BYU is a team I think I very much believe in. Jaron Hall, Kalani Sataki is hard to uh, not believe in. So, uh, The Big Ten adding CBS and NBC to its broadcasting rights deal. They're going to be leaving Fox and ESPN uh, when the new broadcast deal kicks in. ESPN uh, moving to SEC. So CBS picking up the Big Ten, and they are going to have the uh, 330 spot on Saturdays. LSU quarterback Miles Brennan, he's walking away from football after uh, learning he wouldn't win the starting quarterback job. Uh, it's kind of a quitter's mentality. You don't get your way, and then you quit. So, sure, uh, I know I read an article. Miles Brennan got a lot of money from companies that signed into NIL deals, and uh, he will not be playing football, but it doesn't matter because he gets to keep that money. You cannot sign an NIL deal that bases your money off performance. 
Uh, college football playoff 2025. The college football playoff announced uh, 2025. Their championship that year will be hosted back in Atlanta. They hosted the 2018 national championship. Uh, and then 2026, they will be back in Miami, Hard Rock Stadium. Uh, that is where the CFP champion national championship will be played in 2026. Uh, and just for reference, 2023, this coming season, it will be played at SoFi Stadium in LA. And 2024, will be played at NRG Stadium in Houston. XFL news. We have one tidbit here. Uh, the XFL has hired Jordan Palmer as its director of quarterback development. I think that's a major move there for the XFL. You know, he is, if not the uh, one of the best uh, quarterback trainers that many young quarterbacks have seen throughout their careers to help them work on stuff in the offseason. I think it's going to give the XFL a leg up. We saw the quarterback play was not that great in the USFL. And so I think with Jordan Palmer being with the XFL, I think we're going to see a lot better quarterback play from whoever the quarterbacks are playing next spring. NFL news, the Bengals will no longer be playing at Paul Brown stadium. They have sold their naming rights. Uh, their stadium will now be called Paycor stadium. Um, Paycor is a human capital management company headquartered in Cincinnati. And they have been the team's HR software provider since 2018. So a lot different, I think, than the Steelers, right? The Steelers signed Akershore to to have their naming rights there. Akershore is a Michigan company. But Paycor, they're headquartered in Cincinnati. They are a homegrown company. So completely different, I think. Uh, it's going to be weird not calling it Paul Brown Stadium. I'll probably slip up and call it that. But, uh, yeah, Paycor Stadium and now in Cincinnati. Bears linebacker Roquan Smith has requested a trade. Interesting note there, he represents himself. He is by far worth every single penny uh, that he wants right now. And the Bears should definitely sign him and give him anything he wants. He's one of the best linebackers in the league, um, top three. So, yeah, I don't know what the Bears are doing, not paying him. It's a new regime. Maybe they don't want to spend that much on an off-ball linebacker, but he can do everything, pass, rush, cover, uh, stop the run. Yeah, so uh, Buccaneers quarterback Tom Brady – he has set the way for the team. He's not going to be back with the team until after their August 20th preseason game. Um, yeah. He is uh, talking about more work-life balance there. And his former teammate, running back James White, has retired. One of the greatest PPR fantasy running backs there ever was. Uh, 319 carries, 1,278 rushing yards, 11 touchdowns, 381 receptions, 511 targets, and 3,278 yards, 
25 receiving touchdowns in the regular season. In the postseason, yeah, this is what he, he absolutely shined. Uh, 36 carries, 146 yards, and five touchdowns on the ground. 59 receptions on 90 targets, 506 yards, and three receiving touchdowns in the postseason. Three-time Super Bowl champ. He won Super Bowl 49 over the Seahawks, 51 over the Falcons, and 53 over the Rams. Crazy stat for him. Never lost a fumble in eight seasons. And also, he scored 20 points in Super Bowl 51 to bring the Patriots back from down 28-3. to um, And he, he is also the only person ever to score a walk-off touchdown in the Super Bowl, uh, walking off by scoring a two-yard touchdown run in Super Bowl 51 in the only Super Bowl to go to overtime. Yes, James White will be missed. Uh, but, yeah, one of the best receiving backs that there probably ever was. Uh, I know definitely my generation, one of the best ones uh, the Packers need two wins, two more wins than the Bears this season to surpass them on the all-time winningest franchise list. Uh, the Packers currently sitting at seven hundred and eighty-two wins. The Bears are at seven hundred eighty-three. So, yeah. That's going to happen. <laughs> I'm not saying if, I'm saying when. Um, it, it will happen this year, and they will surpass the Bears by quite a bit and continue to surpass the Bears as long as Aaron Rodgers is there. A couple milestones uh, teams could hit this year. The uh, Rams, Eagles, and 49ers will all go for their 600th win as for each of their franchises in week one. I think probably most, if not all three, will uh, will get there. The uh, Colts with seven wins could pass 550 franchise wins this year. The Browns need nine to do that. Um, the Cowboys would need 12 to get there. The... Uh, Broncos need just five wins to to get the win number 500 in franchise history. The Raiders need nine to do that. Um, And then the Bills just need a win week one. They will get franchise win number 450. The Saints need four wins to get to uh, franchise win 400. Um, And then the Bucks need nine wins to get to 300 franchise wins. And the... Texans, while unlikely, they need 11 wins to get to 150 franchise wins there. So yeah, it's an interesting, interesting stat nuggets, to say the least, uh, franchise wins there. But the Packers will become the winningest franchise in NFL history come this season. Uh, the Eagles, they will induct... Defensive ends Hugh Douglas and Trent Cole into their Hall of Fame on November 27th. November 27th, uh, that is a game against 
the Green Bay Packers. It is Sunday night football, so that is going to be a very good game for the Eagles to induct those two men into. Hugh Douglas, I, I don't know too much about. I know he is a great, great player for them. But Trent Cole uh, grew up in that era. The 2000s Eagles defenses, number 58, was wreaking havoc on the NFC East. Eli Manning, Tony Romo, et cetera, uh, whoever was playing quarterback for Washington. But, uh, yeah, Trent Cole, very deserving, I think, um, up there high on the Eagles sacks list. Giants, they are inducting seven players into their Hall of Fame this season. Uh, running backs Joe Morris, Otis Anderson, and Rodney Hampton. Defensive end Leonard Marshall. Defensive back Jimmy Patton. Uh, running back wide receiver Kyle Rote. And senior vice president of medical services Ronnie Barnes. Uh, I have no clue on many of those players. Otis Anderson's probably the only one I actually really know um from the 90s giants 80s giants whatever but uh yeah i I don't know many of the other guys there for the giants hall of fame classes here um ravens quarterback lamar jackson we already talked about his contract situation but he said he will stop negotiating represents himself uh he will stop negotiating once week one comes around and We'll talk about some of the cuts, but, uh, yeah, today at 4 p.m. Eastern was the first cut of the preseason cut down from 90 to 85. Injury-wise, Jets, offensive tackle Mekhi Becton, he's done for the year. He has an avulsion fracture on his kneecap, placed on IR today ahead of impending surgery. Uh, Saints quarterback Jameis Winston, he has a foot injury. I think he will be okay. Um, Eagles center Jason Kelsey might miss week one. We're still waiting to see how he progresses, but he had elbow surgery uh, for a scope uh, cleanup in there. So two to four weeks was the initial time frame. We'll see. Cam Jurgens looked fantastic in his first game. So, um, I think that will make uh, Nick Sirianni feel a lot more comfortable about sitting Jason Kelsey week one. But if he's close, he'll play because he has that streak of starts going over 160, I believe is what it's at. Uh, Browns, wide receiver Jakeen Grant, he is done for the year. Torn Achilles was going to be their main punt returner and kick returner there. So uh, they will have to find someone else to do that this season. Bucks wide receiver Russell Gage. He has a hamstring injury. Haven't heard any progress on that. Um, 49ers dealing with some corner injuries here. Traverius Ward, muscle strain. He's going to be out a few weeks. And then uh, Emmanuel Mosley, he has a hamstring injury as well. Uh, So Niners thin at corner coming into preseason week two. Bears wide receiver Nikhil Harry. He had tightrope surgery for his high ankle sprain. He's out around eight weeks, so possibly uh, going to be placed on IR once the season begins. Out the first six weeks, etc. cetera. Uh, or out the first three weeks um, at the least. Lions wide receiver Jamison Williams. He is going to miss week one. The Lions confirmed 
so we'll have to wait to see when Jameson Williams will make his rookie debut this year. Come off 20 ACL in the SEC championship game. Uh, the are the in the national championship game. Giants left guard Shane Lemieux. He has a left toe injury. Was seen in a walking boot. Um, big blow to them if if that if the Giants can't get him back for Week One. We'll have to wait and see on that. Ravens wide receiver James Prochet. <clears throat> He's out one to two weeks. He has a soft tissue injury there. Raiders tight end Darren Waller has a hamstring injury. Isn't considered serious. More than likely he plays week one. Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins. He tested positive for COVID. That's why he didn't play on Sunday. Um, I think he will be back at practice this week. Falcons wide receiver Drake London. He has a knee injury. They said it isn't considered serious, <clears throat> but we'll, we're still waiting to hear if Drake London will be available for week one. Uh, 49ers running back Elijah Mitchell. He has a hamstring injury expected to go week one, however. Uh, and like I said, I already, already mentioned the uh, Zach Wilson situation and the Brandon Allen situation for Cincinnati. <clears throat> couple of Eagles injuries here. Left guard Landon Dickerson. He has a sore foot. He is day-to-day currently. And defensive tackle Javon Hargrave has a toe sprain. Uh, Browns, they are more than likely going to call up their old friend, J.C. Treader, who is the president of the NFL Players Association, because they have lost two centers, two season-ending injuries now. Uh, center Nick Harris, he is done for the year, as is... Dawson Deaton, Dawson Deaton tore his ACL. I believe Nick Harris was an ACL tear as well. Uh, Eagles wide receiver Britton Covey, he has a thumb sprain. Hopefully he can recover quickly and uh, make his push to make the 53. Broncos running back Melvin Gordon has a right foot contusion. So Javante Williams stock up there. Dolphins corner Trill Williams, he is done for the year. He also has a torn ACL. Uh, 49er safety Jimmy Ward has a hamstring injury and possibly could miss week one, Kyle Shanahan saying. Uh, it is more serious than some of the other guys with hamstrings. Rams running backs Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson Jr., they are dealing with soft tissue injuries. So uh, Coach Sean McVay said that they will not play them unless they are 100%. And then uh, Patriots losing two corners for the year. Uh, Jawan Williams, done for the year. He has a shoulder injury, and they just placed corner Malcolm Butler on IR. Uh, There was one NFI list activation. Bengals getting back off to tackle Lyle Collins. Uh, And then pup activations. Bears linebacker Roquan Smith. Packers offensive lineman Oakton Jenkins. Tight end Robert Tunyon and wide receiver Christian Watson, Broncos linebacker Randy Gregory, Browns corner Denzel Ward, and Ravens corner Marcus Peters, all big names hoping to get back uh, to 100% by week one. We have a trade. Player for player swap. Eagles sending tight end J.J. Ortega Whiteside, former second-round pick in 2019, to the Seattle Seahawks for defensive back Ugo Amadi. 
allows both of those guys to make a push for the final 53. Uh, Eagles needed some safety and nickel help. Seahawks looking at uh, wide receiver depth. I think they're going to move him back to wide receiver there. Uh, Will JJ AW. Transactions wise here. Uh, the Jets, they signed Seahawks office tackle Dwayne Brown to a two-year $22 million deal. They're going to move left tackle George Fant to right tackle like he played last year. Dwayne Brown will be the new Jets left tackle to protect Joe Flacco in week one. Uh, the Chiefs, they signed Giants defensive tackle Danny Shelton to a one-year deal, help bolster their interior defensive line there. Buck signing Raiders defensive end Carl Nassib to a one-year deal. They need some help uh, outside depth-wise, so they, uh, they're they going to get that with Nassib. Saints signed quarterback KJ Costello, getting some added quarterback depth for the remaining couple of weeks in the preseason. The Broncos signed Steelers linebacker Joe Schobert. Uh, Jonas Griffith has an elbow injury for Bron- for Denver. So uh, Schober will come in and give them some depth. Dolphins signed Vikings corner Mackenzie Alexander. Loaded corner room in Miami. Alexander has an uphill battle there. The Saints signed Commanders linebacker John Bostic. Probably the weakest part of the Saints defense is the linebackers, um, if not the defensive tackle spot. But, uh, yeah, John Bostic, good veteran to have in the building. The Jags, they signed quarterback E.J. Perry, and they released quarterback Kyle Sloter. So short run for Kyle Sloter. Sad to see him go. Hopefully he can get another shot with someone else. If not, be back in the USFL. Uh, the Broncos, some USFL signings. I mentioned the Broncos signed Panthers running back Stevie Scott. Uh, the Saints signed Stallions corner Brian Allen, uh, who had a pick in his debut with the New Orleans. And the Texans signed... Bandits running back B.J. Emmons. Uh, the Chiefs, they waived defensive back Lonnie Johnson. He was claimed today by the Titans, who are looking for some corner depth. The Niners released corner Darquez Dennard. I thought that was an, an, a weird move for them, considering the injuries to Emmanuel Mosley and Tavarius Ward. But uh, Dennard getting released by San Fran. And with cuts today, the first round of cuts... Ravens cut running back Corey Clement and the Raiders releasing defensive tackle Vernon Butler and wide receiver Demarcus Robinson, which was, uh, was eye opening to say the least. Uh, Demarcus Robinson, one of the free agent wide receivers Raiders brought in, uh, kind of to replace Brian Edwards, who they traded to Atlanta. So, uh, Robinson services are now available for teams that need receiver help. Okay, NFC South season preview. We have newcomers to the division. Baker Mayfield for the Panthers. Drake London for the Falcons. Jarvis Landry for the Saints. And that is Russell Gage down there for the Tampa Bay Bucks. The Panthers, re-signings-wise, they signed uh, wide receiver Brandon Zilstra, tight end Ian Thomas, corner Dante Jackson, safeties Justin Burris and Sean Chandler, and kicker Zane Gonzalez. Free agent signings and trade acquisitions here. They traded for quarterback Baker Mayfield, and they signed running back Deontay Foreman, wide receivers Rashard Higgins and Andre Roberts, guard Austin Corbett, center Bradley Bozeman, 
Defensive end, Marquise Haynes. Defensive tackle, Matthew Ioannidis. Linebackers, Corey Littleton and Damian Wilson. Safety, Xavier Woods. And punter, Johnny Hecker, who I think is going to be fantastic for them this year. Losses, quarterback, Cam Newton. Running back, Amir Abdullah. Guard, John Miller. Center, Matt Paradis. Defensive end, Morgan Fox. Defensive tackle, Daquan Jones. Linebackers, Jermaine Carter Jr. and Hassan Reddick. Corners, A.J. Boye and Stefan Gilmore. It's always interesting to see the same positions were filled by that same position free agent-wise. Um, <clears throat> I don't think a lot of their losses were major contributors. Hassan Reddick, definitely the biggest one, probably. Stefan Gilmore did not produce as much as they thought they were going to get when they traded for him last year. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, the Reddick one to Philadelphia hurts the most. I think they did a decent job. They have guys already there to fill that spot. But I think biggest free agent signing that they got was Hecker. And I think Austin Corbett was a big get for them, getting him from the Rams um, to fill the interior O-line. Okay, I have the Panthers going 7-10, and 3-3 and in the division this year, starting off with a win in Cleveland. I actually have the Panthers starting off 3-0. and uh, It gets ugly after that. The first three weeks are, are decent games for them. Home against the Browns, that is going to be without Deshaun Watson, hopefully. Uh, otherwise, the Panthers probably lose that game. But, uh, yeah, I think the Panthers can win it in Carolina. Baker Mayfield has extra motivation to beat Cleveland. So uh, I think they get it done at home. They go to New York, and they beat the Giants week two. Uh, week three, I had them beating the Saints. It's in Carolina. Early on, I'm not sure how Jameis is going to do. Um, and I, the defense for Carolina, I think, will be good enough week three to uh, get it done at home over New Orleans. <clears throat> yeah, then I had them losing four straight versus the Cardinals, versus the Niners at the Rams, and versus the Bucks. That's a gauntlet. They're going to lose all four of those games. Um, probably the best one they have an opportunity at winning, I would say the Cardinals without DeAndre Hawkins. Um, but I still think the Cardinals' defense is good enough. And they have the those other skill position players, James Conner, Zach Ertz, Trey McBride, et cetera, to get the passing game going. <clears throat> Uh, week 8 at the Falcons, that is a win. They lose in Cincinnati. Week 9, week 10 is a Thursday night game uh, against the Falcons. They beat them, sweep them. Uh, at the Ravens, week 11, that is a loss. Home against the Broncos, week 12, that is a loss. Week 13, bye. At the Seahawks, week 14, that is a win. Versus the Steelers, week 15, that is a loss. Week 16 versus the Lions, that is a win. 17 and 18, they lose both at Bucks at Saints to finish 7 and 10. Um, key games, I have four starred here. Uh, week one against the Browns, obviously, if Deshaun's appeal is still going on, Deshaun plays, they lose that game. <laughs> uh, week three, the Saints, I could see the Panthers losing that game. Uh, if Jameis is on early in the season. But uh, otherwise, I think um, I think it could be could be a Panthers win 
there. Uh, and then the other two, Week 10, it's a Thursday night game, primetime win at home against the Falcons, and Week 11 at the Ravens. Uh, I think that's a sneaky game that the, the Panthers could possibly get. Um, I think that's why I had that one starred. Fantasy-wise, you're looking at Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, quarterback. Baker Mayfield's going to win this job. I'm telling you right now, uh, that is the way it's been trending. They played pretty equally in the first game, but I think it's Baker's job to lose. Has picked up the offense very quickly, and I think uh, he will be good in a similar situation like he was in Cleveland. Uh, They have a very good running back, one of the best running backs when healthy in the league in Christian McCaffrey. Uh, And they have the receivers, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, and uh, Terrace Marshall there to uh, handle the work. The defense is pretty good, young and upcoming, up and coming, but has some very good playmakers. So I think uh, think Baker gets the job done, and I think Baker would be a good QB two um, to have as a bye week fill in, or if your starter goes down. Running back Christian McCaffrey, Chuba Hubbard. If you're drafting CMC, you're drafting him more than likely number two overall. Do yourself a favor. Draft Chuba Hubbard earlier than you would think. So you secure the handcuff because you just it, it hasn't been good the last two years. I'm sitting here with my Christian McCaffrey jersey, you know, and it's just it, it hasn't been good. But but we're gonna we're gonna draft both, right? So make sure always draft your handcuff especially at the running back position. Wide receivers, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Terrace Marshall. Yeah, these are guys that I don't usually draft. Um, DJ Moore has been productive with subpar quarterback play. I I think with the upgrade in Baker Mayfield, look, DJ Moore could be a a star this year. He's going to go over 1,000 yards more than likely, um, probably around 90 catches-ish, 85 to 90 catches, and a handful of touchdowns. That's been the only knock on him throughout his career. He hasn't scored more than four touchdowns in a season in his career, but uh, could do it this year. Maybe we'll, we'll see. Rob. uh, So DJ Moore, I like as a low end wide receiver, one very high end wide receiver Two. Robbie Anderson has gone down very sharply in fantasy value. Uh, I still think he has some as a wide receiver three, if you can get in there. Uh, I am probably not going to draft him. I've learned my lesson the last couple of years. And then Terrace Marshall doesn't have any value right now. Um, possibly if you're picking him up in Dynasty or he's an extra piece added in a trade, you can take him and sit him uh, on your bench for your Dynasty team. Or if you have a taxi squad, he, that's a good spot for him. I think eventually if Robbie Anderson leaves uh, when his contract is up next year, uh, I think Terrace Marshall, you could see the expanded role and possibly get the rewards with him. Tight ends, Tommy Tremble, Ian Thomas, I don't like either. Uh, Tommy Tremble, I I do like-ish. Ian Thomas, I'm not a fan of. He just has been so bad for the Panthers. And uh, so I'm not drafting either, though. 
don't draft the Panthers tight end. I don't think they're worth it. Uh, the Panthers defense. Look, I think this defense is going to be low-key, very good. They have the pass rushers. Brian Burns, Yatorgros Matos, Marquise Haynes, Daryl Johnston. Daryl, not Johnston, not the Cowboys fullback. Daryl Johnson. And then they drafted Amari Barno as well. Um, and the defensive tackles are very good. I saw Derek Brown should be one of the better ones. Matt Ioannidis has been great in his career in Washington. Bravian Roy, Davian Nixon, <clears throat> and Phil Hoskins there. The linebackers, uh, Shaq Thompson is a star. Corey Littleton they signed. They uh, also saw, got Damian Wilson as well this offseason. Frankie Louvu has been a, a solid guy for them. They drafted Brandon Smith, who has been making some plays in camp. And then uh, the secondary thing is going to be very good. Dante Jackson, J.C. Horn, C.J. Henderson has been making plays. So is Keith Taylor. Uh, they have Kalen Barnes that they drafted. Xavier Woods they signed. And they have uh, one of the better safeties in the league, Jeremy Chin. They also have Justin Burris and Sean Chandler, who they kept. Kenny Robinson, Miles Hartsfield as well. So I think the defense is going to be good. Uh, would I draft them? No. Uh, I think they're going to be just – they're not going to be good enough to get to be a, a starting caliber fantasy defense. Uh, so not going to be a top 12 defense. I think they're going to be just outside that mid-tier 15, 16, around that area of the NFL. Good bye week defense, I think, depending on when your buy is. Uh, and then <clears throat> special teams-wise, uh, yeah – Jane Gonzalez, Johnny Hecker is going to be good. Uh, Andre Roberts could provide some some boost, but not enough to get into the top 12. <clears throat> Kickers, Zane Gonzalez, I think it's going to be very good. I think he's a starting caliber kicker, potentially. If not, he's just like the defense. He's right on the edge uh, of being a starting kicker there in fantasy. So I think he's a good option if uh, you, you ran out of options or if you need a, a good bye week fill-in. Rookies for the Panthers, there's only one offensive rookie to talk about for Carolina. It's Matt Corral. You're looking at him for Dynasty. I think it's a good option. Uh, obviously, he didn't show a lot. His value went down this weekend. So maybe it's a good time to pounce and buy low on Matt Corral. Sit him this year on your Dynasty team. Hope he matures and develops. And uh, possibly you can reap the rewards either next season or the year after that. <clears throat> All right, the Atlanta Falcons, uh, re-signings-wise, running back Cordell Patterson, wide receiver Olamide Zacchaeus, uh, corner Isaiah Oliver, safety Eric Harris, and kicker Youngway Koo. Uh, free agent signings, trade acquisitions, signed quarterback Marcus Mariota, running back Damian Williams, tight end Anthony Ferkser, Wide receiver Demir Bird uh, traded for wide receiver Brian Edwards. They signed wide receiver Kadero Hodge and uh, Auden Tate. Tackle Jermaine Effetti. Linebackers Lorenzo Carter, Rashawn Evans, and Nick Kwiatkowski. Corner Casey Hayward. Safety Dean Marlowe. Punter Bradley Pinion. And long snapper Bo Brinkley. Losses-wise, uh, quarterbacks A.J. McCarron, Josh Rosen. They traded away quarterback Matt Ryan. Uh, they lost running back Mike Davis, wide receivers Russell Gage and Taze Sharp, tight end Hayden Hurst, defensive end Dante Fowler Jr., defensive tackles Jonathan Bullard and Tyler Davison, 
Linebacker Foyer Aluakon, corners Fabian Moreau and Kendall Sheffield, safety Deron Harmon, long snapper Josh Harris, and punter Thomas Morstead. <clears throat> so it's interesting. The Falcons, being not a good team last year, they lost a, a lot of key players. Russell Gage, I think, was a big one. Hayden Hurst, backup tight end, but still, I think, a key part. Dante Fowler and Jonathan Bullard, I think, were keys to their pass rush outside of Grady Jarrett. Um, I think Fowler hurts a lot worse than Bullard, obviously. But um, Luicon was a tackling machine last year. He's going to hurt missing him in the middle, especially with the Deion Jones injury. Um, corners, they, they need some corners. A.J. Terrell turned into a star last year, but uh, needs some help outside of him. And then uh, Morstead for Pinion. Uh, I think Pinion is probably an upgrade on that respect. But yeah, Marcus Mariota is obviously going to be the key guy in this free agent class for them. They're hoping to get some a, a good chunk of work out of Ryan Edwards and Anthony Ferkser as well. Ferkser filling as the tight end two there. Lorenzo Carter, they're hoping to get some pass rush out of him. Evans and Kwiatkowski, they need them to step up at the uh, inside linebacker spots. And then Hayward, they're hoping, helps in the secondary. Okay, I have the Falcons going 3-14. and 14. I don't like the team. It's They're very bad. It's uh, it's not good. So 0-6 uh, in division, 3-14. and 14. I saw someone place a bet today on uh, BR betting for the uh, Falcons to go 0-6 in division. I have them doing that. Uh, it's plus 500 right now, I think, on DraftKings. And that it was a $2,000 or $5,000 bet, $10,000 payout, or $2,000 bet, yeah. $5,000 payout, or $10,000 payout, I mean. Yeah, $2,000 to win uh, $10,000. I think that person's going to win that bet. Uh, I would take that bet as well. So uh, week one, home against the Saints, it's a loss. At the Rams, loss. They do beat the Seahawks in Seattle. Home against the Browns, that is a loss. Even with Jacoby Brissett, that's a loss. The the Browns are too good, the, the rest of their roster. At the Bucks is a loss. Home against the Niners. At the Bengals. Home against the Panthers. Home against the Chargers. At the Panthers on Thursday Night Football, all losses. That's uh, seven in a row. Home, uh, home against the Bears Week 11, that is a win. They get back-to-back wins at the Commanders as well. Uh, they lose home against the Steelers. They have a week 14 bye, the last week of bye weeks, uh, and then finish up four straight losses at the Saints, at the Ravens, home against the Cardinals, and home against the Bucks. It's just a very tough schedule for a team that doesn't have as much talent as a lot of other teams. I have four st- starred games on the schedule. Three out of their four are, are their wins. Uh, at Seattle, week three, why couldn't Drew Locke or Geno Smith beat the Falcons? I mean, I couldn't tell you a reason why they couldn't. So, yeah, uh, I could see Seattle winning that game. Uh, week 10 is the Thursday night game at the Panthers. That's a loss. I don't think they beat the Panthers this year. I don't think they beat any of their division opponents this year. Like I said, 0-6 I have them in division. Um Week 11, home against the Bears. Again, the same thing as Seattle. The, the Bears, I could see uh, a way that the Bears could beat the Falcons. Um, and then at the Commanders, that's the probably upset of their three wins. 
in Washington, I definitely could see the Commanders beating um, the Falcons here. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, I, I don't see many other chances for them to win this year, um, unless Marcus Mariota just shines. Um, the Niners game is, is one I could see, possibly. I said I don't like Trey Lance. They could beat one of the, they could win one of the two Panthers games or one of the other divisional games. Who knows? It's division. So, but yeah, I have them three and 14 up there, possibly getting the number one pick next year um, and drafting a quarterback. So, fantasy wise, quarterback Marcus Mariota, I don't like him. Like I said, I don't like the team. Uh, we could see Desmond Ritter this year, possibly. Um, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not drafting Mariota at all. Running back Cordell Patterson, Damian Williams. Now Cordell Patterson is an intriguing case. I don't like it. Um, he has feelings of one year wonder for me, anyways. So I wouldn't. I'm not drafting Patterson. Damian Williams is a guy I have on my one dynasty league right now. I put him on the trade block. I don't think he's going to be there for a long. Tyler Algier is probably going to supplant him. Um, kind of an, an allude to the foreshadowing of my feelings of the rookie running back there. But um, yeah, I don't like Damian Williams either. Brian Edwards, Olamide Zacchaeus at wide receiver. Yeah, no. Don't do it. Don't draft either. Don't don't roster either. Edwards is a possibility um, as a wide receiver three. I could see that. Uh, Zacchaeus, I don't think, has any value, though. Ted and Kyle Pitts. Now, this is the guy you want. This is the tight end you want. Uh, you, you want Kyle Pitts on your team. He's going to get – he's going to be the number one option in the passing game. Um and he should, I think, um, improve upon a season last year, which he had the second best fantasy or the second best tight uh, season in NFL history for a rookie tight end, uh, just short of Dicka's yardage record. So, yeah, I think Kyle Pitts is definitely a starting tight end in fantasy top 12, uh, top five potential. The Atlanta defense, no, I don't, there's, there's no chance. They're going to be a bottom quarter defense in the league. Um, they do have some guys like Grady Jarrett, Deion Jones, who has been out this whole preseason, Rashawn Evans and uh, Lorenzo Carter. They got in free agency. They've drafted Michael Walker and uh, signed Kwiatkowski. They drafted Troy Anderson this year. Outline all these guys at linebacker. They drafted Eva Cady this year to be the bookend to Lorenzo Carter. I, it just, there's not enough here um, to like. Their secondary might be the best unit on the team, but even so, I don't think they're going to be very good. They do have a very good returner, though. Avery Williams uh, was amazing at Boise State, but uh, yeah, no. Don't draft them. Don't roster them. Kicker Youngway Koo, look, Youngway Koo was a great fantasy kicker last year. And why couldn't he do it again this year? Has uh, money in the bank? Yeah, I could see I could see Koo being uh, another having another good season and being a starting 
fantasy kicker. So take him. All right, rookies. I already kind of talked about running back Tyler Algier. I could see Algier by the end of the year being the starting running back for the Atlanta Falcons, especially if Cordell Patterson ends up getting injured. Um, but Damian Williams, I, I don't think he's going to be enough to stop Algier. Algier is a bruising back rookie out of BYU. I very much like him, and I think that he could supplant those two top guys to get uh, the top spot by the end of the year, especially if the Falcons are out of it. They're going to want to see what they have in their rookies and give them more time. Uh, quarterback Desmond Ritter. I mentioned him in the uh, preseason game recap there. Uh, not that good. He did lead them to the win over Detroit. I have him on my dynasty team trying to get rid of him right now. I have too many quarterbacks. I got auto-drafted Desmond Ritter, unfortunately. So, um He's a guy that's worth keeping. Obviously, he's a rookie quarterback. Um, definitely worth rostering. I just, I'm not that big of a fan. Uh, but he does have capabilities. And like I say, he did bring them back against the Lions. So he could, and we could, we could see him this year. I, with the Falcons, I have him 3 and 14. Definitely, we could see Desmond Ritter coming uh, and playing this season. Wide receiver Drake London is if he won. Before this week, I would say I would have said yes. He is gonna be great. Love Drake. I do love Drake London. Um Fantasy now, his his redraft value has taken a big hit with him getting hurt. Um not sure how long he's gonna be out. I don't think he'll play the rest of the preseason. So I'll have to wait and see if he's there week one. So draft with caution, uh, but I do think Drake London is a great dynasty option. If you're in your rookie draft, most definitely you got to draft Drake London in the first round. Okay, uh, the New Orleans Saints, re-signings here. Jameis Winston, quarterback, uh, wide receiver Traquan Smith, and corner P.J. Williams, that's all. You know, we know the Saints. They usually don't do too much in free agency in the offseason. They don't have money usually to do stuff. Uh, free agent signings, though, quarterback Andy Dalton, running back Malcolm Brown, wide receiver Jarvis Landry, center Nick Martin, defensive ends Taco Charlton and Kentavious Street, and uh, safeties Tyron Matthew, Marcus May, and Daniel Sorensen. Uh, their losses-wise, quarterbacks Blake Bortles and Trevor Simeon, running back Ty Montgomery, wide receivers Lil Jordan Humphrey and Kenny Stills, Left tackle, Teron Armstead. Linebacker, Quan Alexander. And safeties, Jeff Heath, Marcus Williams, and Malcolm Jenkins. Jenkins uh, retired this offseason. So I think uh, Armstead was the biggest biggest loss, uh, most definitely. When you lose your left tackle, that's tough. Uh, like I said, they usually don't have any money. They didn't have the money to sign him to a massive deal. Marcus Williams also... That was a weird one because they let Marcus Williams go, but then they paid Marcus May. So I didn't really understand why they let Williams go if they were going to pay a safety anyways. Uh, like the Tyron Matthew edition, he's going to be a good locker room guy. His play has fallen off a little bit the last two seasons in Kansas City. That's why they didn't re-sign him, and that's why he had to wait a little bit for the Saints to get interested. I think Jarvis Landry is going to be a big boost to their receiving core. Uh, going to be their starting slot guy to help out Michael Thomas as he returns from injury. 
and their rookie Chris Olave. Uh, schedule wise, I have the Saints going eleven and six, five and one in the division. Uh, week one, they start out three straight against division opponents. They go two and one. They don't lose the one that you'd think they would lose, though. At the Falcons, that is a win week one. Week two versus the Bucks, they win. Look, Tom Brady hasn't beaten the, the Saints in the regular season uh, since becoming a Tampa Bay Buck, and it's not going to start this year. Uh, week three at the Panthers, that is a loss. Like I said, I could see the Saints winning that game, but I have it as a loss right now. It's in Carolina. Uh, week four, they go to London to play the Vikings. That is a home game for the Saints. That is a win. Uh, win at home against the Seahawks. They lose at home to the Bengals. Lose at the Cardinals on Thursday night football. That is the first game that uh, DeAndre Hopkins will be back for. So I think uh big boost for the cards at home. They get the win on that one. Uh, they beat the Saints. They lose at home to the Raiders week eight. Uh, week nine, they win on Monday night at home against the Ravens. They win in Pittsburgh against the Steelers. Week 10, they lose to the Rams at home. Beat the 49ers in San Fran. They beat the Bucks in Tampa on Monday night football. Week 14 by home against the Falcons week 15 at the Browns week eight, uh, 16. They both, they win those. They lose week 17 at the Eagles. And then they win at home against the Panthers week 18, 11 and six, five and one. I have a lot of games get uh, starred here. Almost all of them. <laughs> week two home against the Bucks. Look, I said it already. The, the Bucks haven't beat Saints with Tom Brady in the regular season. So I think the Saints have number. Dennis Allen has Tom Brady's number, and they're going to get it done again this year. Uh, at the Panthers week three, like I said, I could see the Saints winning that. That would push them uh, to 12 and five. Week four, Vikings game. That's a London game. That's why that one is starred. Uh, week six through 13 are all starred. Look, you got marquee games against the Bengals. That's a tough one. That's a loss. I think it's too much firepower for the Saints defense to hold. Uh, at the Cardinals, Thursday night football, that's a loss. Like I said, probably the Saints could win that, but I think it's going to be too much uh, traveling all the way to Arizona and then also getting the uh, rejuvenized Cardinals having D-Hop back. Going to be too much for the Saints to overcome. Week 8, I could see this, the Saints winning Week 8. Uh, home against the Raiders, I just thought that Derek Carr and Devontae Adams were going to be too much. Uh, week 9, that's a Monday night game. That is also uh, another marquee game against the Ravens. Playoff contender there. Um, I have them winning that one. So a uh, good win for them. At the Steelers, Week 10, I could see a scenario where they lose because T.J. Watt just destroys Trevor Penning um, on the left side. So, yeah. Could be could be a loss there. Um, week ten in Pittsburgh. Week eleven. That is the Rams game. That is a loss. Defending Super Bowl champs are going to be too much offensively uh, for the Saints defense. Week twelve at the Forty ers I could see that as a win. Again, I'm not a Trey Lance guy. I've said it way too many times this show, but uh, or no, I do have them winning that one. Yeah, I, I think I think the Saints are going to be too good. For San Fran, defensively, they're gonna they're gonna make Trey Lance struggle, and offensively, I think the 49ers' corner concerns are gonna come into play against the Saints' receivers. 
Week 13, that's a Monday night game. Their second game against the Bucks in Tampa, that is a win. Again, I, I said it multiple times already, but the, the Saints will continue <clears throat> to frustrate Tom Brady, and they will beat him, sweep him again in the regular season. And the last two I have starred for the Saints at the Browns, at the Eagles, weeks 16 and 17. They win against Cleveland, lose against Philadelphia. It might be a homer pick for the Eagles, but in Philadelphia is a tough crowd to please. Uh, in Cleveland, week 16, I just, I don't know. That was kind of a gut pick. I could see them flipping that game to a loss, possibly. Um, just like the Eagles, they could, they could beat the Eagles. Uh, I could see that game being a coin flip as well. <clears throat> fantasy wise quarterback Jameis Winston I love him draft him he's not going to be drafted high because of the ACL injury from last year I think you could get him lower and and have one of the best fantasy quarterbacks this year he showed it last year early on that he was going to be a monster uh, that was with Sean Payton calling the plays it's now Harold Carmichael I believe um, but I think Jameis will be very good this year. And I'm a big believer in Jameis this year. I, I think he's going to be good. They added some offense. They had some weapons. So, yeah, I, I would definitely draft Jameis. Uh, and you can get him in that, uh, like, mid-tier of quarterbacks, just like, you know, with guys um, – trying to think who, who are down there, like Kirk Cousins and those kind of guys down in the in the middle rounds. <clears throat> uh, running back, Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram. Look, Alvin Kamara is very good. I am not touching him, though. The possible suspension scares me too much, and it outweighs what Kamara does on the field. Uh, I'm also scared that he's not going to get as many receptions um because he didn't last year so yeah i'm i'm staying away from camara definitely worth drafting in the first round personally though i just do not like it i'm too scared of the suspension that's why i have mark ingram listed because mark ingram i think is a sneaky play later on in the draft if you're drafting before this possible suspension comes out you can get mark ingram very valuable uh in a very valuable spot late 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 in the draft maybe even undrafted uh will be mark ingram so yeah mark ingram i think is a definitely a guy you're gonna want on your roster um for the first couple weeks anyways definitely if you're drafted camara you have to handcuff just like christian mccaffrey with shuba hubbard <clears throat> you know you have to get mark ingram when you're, if you're drafting Camara, wide receivers Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry. Uh, look, Michael Thomas is scary. He was the best receiver in football in 2019. Injured 2020, injured 2021. That's why it's scary. <laughs> he could be one of the best receivers in the NFL, but the uncertainty of his injuries, I, I'm just not. I don't. I don't like uncertainty, so I'm not drafting him. Uh, if it comes to it and I'm in a pickle and I don't know who to draft then and he's there, yeah, I guess I'll draft him, just take a flyer on him. But if it's not a valuable selection, 
with uh, matching the the round value to what I feel about him, I'm probably not going to draft him. Jarvis Sanders is a guy I could see as wide receiver three this year. <clears throat> wide receiver two upside, though, I think, with uh, the offense that Jameis will run there in New Orleans. So Landry is a guy you can draft later um, and definitely get some, like I said, wide receiver three, wide receiver two upside. Tight ends, Adam Trotman, uh, Taysom Hill, not a fan of either. Um, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to start Taysom at tight end and quarterback like we did last year. But, um, yeah, Trotman is a guy that the Saints, we've been waiting on him, and uh, he just has not turned into anything. So, I don't know, maybe the Michael Thomas coming back, Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave, and then Jameis coming back as well will open it up for him. But uh, I am not too optimistic on Trotman. Saints defense, I love them. I think they're going to be very good. Um, the linebackers are sort of iffy with Caden Ellis and Pete Warner beside Demario Davis in the middle. But um, they have depth there. They uh, Their secondary is one of the best secondaries in the league. And I think uh, if they can get a good season out of Marcus Davenport, uh, Cam Jordan can get some help. And then um, they have some depth at defensive line as well. I think the Saints are definitely a startable fantasy defense. They're going up against some really good offenses in the NFC West. Uh, the Rams, the uh, Cardinals, the Raiders, um, possibly the 49ers. But they also are, are playing, you know, the Eagles, the Browns, the Ravens, the Steelers could be good, the Bengals, um, and obviously the Bucks twice. So they're going to have against, they have a tough schedule, but um, I like them to be just into that starting 12 defenses. And special teams, they have Deontay Hardy, uh, who is one of the best returners in the NFL. Kicker, Will Lutz, I love him. Uh, he's coming back from injury this year, had core muscle injury, kept him out all of last year. I, he's one of the best kickers. He's going to be a top five kicker this season on a uh, high-powered Saints offense. Take him. And rookie, there's only one guy, wide receiver Chris Olave. I've mentioned him multiple times. Definitely, definitely get him in Dynasty if you can. Um, not sure what his value is going to be this year. I think wide receiver two is his height this season. Um, maybe he only produces wide receiver three with Landry and Thomas. But, um, yeah, Olave is definitely a guy you need to have in your Dynasty team. Um, and then Tampa Bay. Let's get into the Bucks here. Last team on the docket. The uh, re-signings for Tampa, quarterback Blaine Gabbert, running back Gio Bernard, running back Leonard Fournette, wide receivers Chris Godwin and Brashad Perriman, guard Aaron Stinney, center Ryan Jensen, unfortunately done for the year, uh, defensive end William Golston, corner Carlton Davis, and long snapper Zach Triner. Free agent signings and trade acquisitions, wide receivers uh, Russell Gage and Julio Jones, uh, tight end Kyle Rudolph. They traded for guard Shaq Mason. They also signed D-tackle Akeem Hicks, safety Keanu Neal, and defensive back Logan Ryan. Uh, losses, running back Ronald Jones, tight ends Rob Gronkowski and O.J. Howard. Gronk retired. 
Uh, guards Alex Kappa and Ali Marpet. Marpet also retiring. Uh, defensive end Jason Pierre-Paul. Defensive tackle and Dominican Sue. Linebacker Kevin Minter. Corner Richard Sherman. Safety Jordan Whitehead and punter Bradley Pinion. Um, a lot of big names on that loss sheet, but I think they did a good job of, of filling those needs. Um, getting back Fournette at running back, Godwin at wide receiver, Jensen at center, and Golston at defensive end, and Davis at, at corner. was a very good job on the part of Jason Light, their GM. And then getting guys like Russell Gates, Julio Jones, to fill the, the bottom of the wide receiver, the, uh, the middle of the wide receiver depth chart, I should say. And then Rudolph, a guy that's been serviceable throughout his career, going to help Brady uh, and Cam Brate there. Shaq Mason fills the uh, Marpet retirement and uh, the Kappa departure there. And then uh, Akeem Hicks fills the Indomitian Sioux role. Keanu Neal fills Jordan Whitehead's spot. Logan Ryan fills Richard Sherman's spot. So uh, I think they did a good job of, uh, of filling their needs there in free agency in the draft. Um, 11 and 6 for me. For Tampa Bay this year, again, it's very tough. They play the NFC West and uh, the NFC East. Or, or no, they play the NFC West and the AFC North. Um, so very tough divisions to play. And then their cross-division games are the, the NFC East, the uh, NFC North. NFC, NFC East, and NFC North, and AFC West. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I have four and two in the division, so they finished second because of the divisional record. Uh, week one at the Cowboys, Sunday Night Football, that's a win. At the Saints, week two, that's a loss. Home against the Packers, week three, that is a win. They win at home against the Chiefs on Sunday night, week four. They win... They beat the Falcons at home week five, week six. They lose in Pittsburgh. They beat the Panthers in Carolina week seven. Thursday night, week eight, they are home against the Ravens. That is a win. They lose week nine home against the Rams. They uh, beat the Seahawks. That is a home game week 10 uh, in Munich, Germany. They have a bye week 11. They lose in Cleveland week 12. To Deshaun Watson, they lose week 13 against the Saints at home on Monday Night Football. They win at San Francisco. They lose at home against the Bengals. They beat the Cardinals in Arizona on Sunday night, week 16. They beat the Panthers at home, and they beat the Falcons in Atlanta, week 18. Um, starred games, just like the Saints, almost all of their games I have starred. Weeks uh, one through four. At the Cowboys, at the Saints, home against the Packers, home against the Chiefs. Cowboys and Chiefs games are Sunday night football. They're on the Sunday night football three times this year. Crazy. Um, but, yeah, four – I mean, it's a gauntlet to start the season. At the Cowboys, at the Saints, home against the Packers, home against the Chiefs. I am going three and one. That's a great start to the season for Tampa. Uh, week six at the Steelers, I could see that flipping to a win for the Bucks. Uh Definitely. Uh, an option there. 
uh, week eight through ten. Uh, Thursday night at home against the Ravens, I have them winning. Uh, marquee game against a playoff contender. Week nine, Super Bowl champs go to Tampa. I think they lose that game against the Rams. The the Rams get them for the second game in a row. Um, and then week ten is the special Munich Germany game, which is a home game technically for the Bucks against the Seahawks. It's an easy win. And then I have weeks twelve through sixteen starred at the Browns, home against the Saints on Monday night at the 49ers, home against the Bengals, and at the Cardinals on Sunday night. Um, another gauntlet stretch in the in the season that I have them going two and three, losing to the Browns in Cleveland, losing to the Saints on Monday night at home, beating the 49ers in San Francisco, losing to the Bengals at home, and beating the Cardinals in Arizona on Sunday night. That's a, that's a tough late-season stretch, but uh, they're coming out of the bye to that Cleveland game. Uh, so maybe that is a win, possibly. Um, if they can quell their issues against the Saints, maybe they win one of those two games and split the season series. That would get them into the division, I think. It would get them in the division. And then uh, maybe they can beat the Bengals. I don't know. We'll have to see how the secondary shakes out for Tampa Bay. Uh, Fantasy-wise, Tom Brady, yes. Just Yes. Uh, he has been a fantasy marvel at uh, 45 plus, uh, 40 plus years old. He's now turned 45 and uh, will continue to be such. Draft him. He's going to be a top six fantasy quarterback uh, with Godwin returning. He still has Evans. He's going to be throwing to Bray, Kyle Rudolph, Russell Gage, Julio Jones. Yeah, take him. <laughs> Uh, not too high, though. Running back, Leonard Fournette. Look, Fournette is a guy. Playoff Lenny, yeah. Um, he's good in the regular season. I think he's going to have a downtick this year. Uh, they have some younger guys, Rashad White, Keyshawn Vaughn. Uh, not going to be the same this year. I traded him away in my Dynasty League because I got him last year for lower than what I traded him away for, so positive ROI on that trade. Um but, yeah, I do like Leonard Fournette just as an RB2. I don't think he's going to be RB1. Wide receivers, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Russell Gage. Look, Mike Evans, definitely. He's going to be a wide receiver one. He's going to fill the red zone targets mainly from Gronk's departure. So I think Mike Evans is going to be a touchdown machine this year. Um, and also he's going for his ninth straight 1,000-yard uh, season to begin his career. No other receiver has done it more than seven times, which he has already done eight. Uh, Chris Godwin coming off the ACL. I think he's in a good spot to get drafted. Uh, I don't know what his ADP is right now, but I'm sure it's low enough that you can feel comfortable drafting him um, as a possible wide receiver two with wide receiver one upside. Russell Gates, the guy that's a wide receiver three for me. Uh, with wide receiver two upside, it's a high-powered offense. So uh, why couldn't there be three wide receiver two or two wide receiver ones and one wide receiver two in fantasy? I think that'd be perfectly fine. Russell Gage is a guy you can definitely draft. Possible. Tight ends, Cameron Brake, Kyle Rudolph. I don't really like either. Um, Cam Brake is a guy you can draft as your backup tight end if you are rostering one. 
Um, definitely Cam Braid has tight end two potential filling in for Gronk. I just don't know how it's going to split between him, Rudolph, and rookie tight end Kate Otten. So uh, we'll have to see how these snaps shake out. But, um, yeah, Braid's definitely got rosterable as your uh, tight end two. Tampa defense, I like it. They are still good. They might have lost some guys, but they're very, very good still. Um, Joe Tryon Soyinka should continue to develop, and he has Shaq Barrett still opposite him. Cam Gill, Anthony Nelson, we saw those two guys on the uh, Bucks defensive uh, stat sheet there on the preseason game. They should continue to develop, and then they just signed Carl Nassib, so the pass rush should continue to be unaffected, even with uh, JPP not returning right now. Devin White, Levante David are still the probably the best linebacker tandem in the NFL. And then uh, they got William Golston back. They drafted Logan Hall. They signed Akeem Hicks, and they still have Vita Vea in the middle there. Secondary is fine. Jamel Dean, Carlton Davis, Sean Murphy Bunting. They drafted Zion McCollum. Um, Antoine Winfield Jr., Logan Ryan at safety. And then Mike Edwards, Keanu Neal as well. Should be very good there. Uh, Jalen Darden as the main returner. Not going to move the needle for me. But uh, defense overall, I think, should be top 10 fantasy-wise. And uh, I like them, draft them, I'm keeping them. Uh, Kicker Ryan Suckup, yes. I would draft him as well. High-powered offense. He's going to score a lot of points. I think um, not the best field goal kicker, but uh, definitely I think he's a top 12 guy startable in uh, fantasy. Rookies running back Rashad White. Uh, yeah, I was surprised to see he's listed as the number two running back right now. He's going to get passing down duties and uh, RB2 touches. So, Maybe he isn't an RB2 this year, but definitely you're going to draft him in Dynasty. Uh, he's going to be the running back of the future with whoever the quarterback is coming down the line. Tight end Kate Otten. Look, this guy I absolutely love. I hate the Kyle Rudolph signing because it limits Kate Otten's usage this season uh, because I thought Kate Otten eventually would be able to ascend to the tight end one role. But with Rudolph there, now he's the tight end three. Has to work to get up to tight end one a lot harder than he would have with only Cam Brayton in his way. But I think uh, Kate Otten is a guy I love in Dynasty. Um, definitely if you need a tight end or a backup tight end, you can get Kate Otten on your Dynasty team. All righty. That is the NFC South preview. So a ACC preview. Here we have the ACC Coastal on the left, the ACC or the ACC Atlantic Division on the left, the ACC Coastal Division on the right. Um, look, I have Clemson winning the ACC Atlantic. They're ranked number four for a reason. I think their defense is going to be very good this year. I am not a DJ Uyangale guy. I think. <laughs> Their backup quarterback. Um, I am blanking on the kid's name. They have a freshman five-star kid that kind of came in. I think he's going to end up being the guy. Uh, so 
we'll see how DJ does, but um, I do like Clemson to win the division. They're going to get stiff competition from NC State. NC State is a veteran squad returning Devin Leary um, and a lot of other guys. They're, they have uh, Ricky Person returning. Or no, they don't. He is with the Ravens. Never mind. So they're going to have to break some some new uh, running backs in. <clears throat> but I think they should be all right, uh, even without Zonovan Knight and Ricky Person. They still have Amika Amezi at wide receiver, as well as Thayer Thomas and Devin Carter. So, yeah, those guys should provide a spark. And uh, NC State should push Clemson a big date for them is uh October 1st in Death Valley. So like NC State second uh Malik Cunningham leads the Louisville Cardinals to a third place division finish. Uh I really like Malik Cunningham and he is a really good passer. He kind of looks like Lamar Jackson obviously they went to the same school. Um but I think uh, Malik Cunningham is more of an elite passer than than a Lamar was. So, yeah, give me Louisville as the third in the Atlantic. Boston College, Filter Kovic, uh for BC returns. Like BC to finish fourth there. The Wake Forest thing, yeah. Sam Hartman injury is massive for me. That drops them all the way to fifth. I was probably going to have them finishing third behind NC State and Clemson um with sam hartman but yeah it's fifth for me possibly even lower depending on how that new quarterback does florida state is uh sixth and syracuse seventh i don't know too much about who they have returning um florida state Jordan Travis should return at quarterback. Um, Mackenzie Milton gone now. But they do have a oh, – no, Jayshon Corbin is gone at running back. So Trayshon Ward should be your, your lead guy there. And, yeah, they, they lost some receivers. But, yeah – Florida State, I don't, I don't really like. Uh, they don't have a good solid quarterback situation. Syracuse, never know with them. They always look like they could upset some people, specifically Clemson. Garrett Schrader returns. Tommy DeVito, as well. Uh, Sean Tucker back. Sean Tucker. So actually, Syracuse could be, Syracuse could be a lot better than people think. Courtney Jackson at, at wide receiver. Damian Alford at wide receiver as well. So Syracuse, I, I think I'm going to move Syracuse up uh, with the return. Of, Sean Tucker is a very good running back who I think will make the NFL eventually. Um, so I'm going to move Syracuse to sixth, and I don't think I'm going to move him up above Wake Forest yet. But I could see that happening. I could see Syracuse finishing as or as high as fifth in the division. Coastal division-wise, Miami. It's Miami or bust right now. Tyler Van Dyke is pushing to be the first quarterback taken or at least a first-round pick. Has to show improvement this year under Mario Cristobal, new head coach in 
Miami. Um, Pitt, I'm fin- I'm taking Pitt to finish second, and that's that's high, I think, for them. But I have to wait and see for Keaton Slovis to solidify my selection as Pitt as the second team in that division. Um, should have a very good defense. Pat Narduzzi always does. So uh, hopefully the offense can catch up and Pitt can sustain what they had with Kenny Pickett and Jordan Addison last year. Um, UNC breaking in a new quarterback. I have them finishing third. They could drop farther, though. Um, I think it should be Jacoby Criswell. He was the uh, guy that had the second most passing yards last year. Drake May as well there. But they lost a lot. Sam Howell, Ty Chandler. Uh, They do still have Josh Downs, however, who is one of the best receivers in the country, um, as well as Antoine Green. So with those two guys, I think they should should be all right at receiver, but uh, I could see them being even lower. Virginia Tech um, is next in the Coastal here. And, yeah, they have Braxton Burmeister returning. Or, no, he is with uh, San Diego State. Never mind. So they are breaking in a new quarterback, Connor Blumrick, as they uh, lost Blackshear at running back, Raheem Blackshear we talked about with the Bills. But they do they – no, they did not have Trey Turner. Tavion Robinson. Okay, so Virginia Tech is going to be lower for me. Uh, I think that Virginia actually could move up to third in the division just because they have uh, Brennan Armstrong returning for his senior year. Very good quarterback, threw for over 4,400 yards last year uh, with 31 touchdowns, 10 picks. They have – nope, Talapapa transferred – They do still have Dontavian Wicks, though. Dontavian Wicks, Keaton Thompson at wide receiver, as well as Billy Kemp. So, yeah, the wide receivers are still good. They're looking at a new tight end with Jelani Woods to the NFL, new running back as well. I think the offense should be very good. I'm going to move Virginia to the third spot and supplant UNC and move Virginia Tech down to uh, fifth because I, I just don't know what they're going to do with a lot of loss production at the skill positions. Uh, but Brent Pry, love Brent Pry, miss him. I uh, hate that he's gone from Penn State. Hopefully he does well at Virginia Tech, though. He always has good defenses. Virginia Tech can, usually has good defenses as a whole, so I think their defense is going to be pretty good. I'm going to give Virginia Tech a leg up, uh, but I'm still going still gonna to move them down to the uh, fifth spot there. Georgia Tech, look, Jeff Sims returns. He's going into uh, his third season, I think, starting, right? Uh, No, he's a sophomore, second season. But still, look, Jeff Sims, um, I I believe in Jeff Sims. He he didn't do that great, but – and they lost Jameer Gibbs, their number one running back, to – Alabama. They lost number two running back to the NFL. 
But uh, Dante Smith returns. And Jeff, Smith, Jeff Sims ran for 372 yards and four touchdowns on the ground last year. So why not? Uh, Malachi Carter returns at wide receiver, I think, for them. I think Georgia Tech could finish, though. I, I'm sticking with them at six in that division. Definitely Duke is just a dumpster fire on the football side. And uh, Garrett Gunnar Holmberg transferred to FIU. Riley Leonard is there still, but um, Mateo Durant gone. He is with the Steelers now at running back. Um, and their leading receiver from last year, Jake Bobo, he is with UCLA. So, yeah, I don't believe in Duke at all. But I will tell you this. Clemson's going to beat Miami in the ACC championship game. Clemson better be ready week one. I'm telling you this right now. Clemson plays Georgia Tech in the Chick-fil-A kickoff game week number one, right? Um, September 5th. That's a home game for Tech. Right downtown. Clemson better be ready. Clemson is on. Uh, I am putting Clemson on upset alert week one. Just telling you right now. Uh, Georgia Tech will probably lose by 40 points, and I'll look stupid, but that's fine. But, yeah. Here are my ACC picks. Clemson, Miami, based off the ACC championship game with Clemson winning the ACC once again. Next week. Uh, next week, I, I think, well, actually, this will be the Friday show. Uh, so next Monday we'll have a different preview. But uh, next Monday, though, we'll have preseason week three, preseason week two recaps. And uh, we'll probably be doing a different division than the AFC South, any different conference than the American. Uh, probably going to be the Big 12 instead. But, uh, yeah, we'll be having season preview and another – college football preseason preview. Don't forget to follow us on all our social media. You can see them here at FAA Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, this is our Twitter. This is our Instagram. And then at FAA Bet underscore bets as well on Twitter. www.fapodcast.com is our website. You can check us out here on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, etc. Thank you all for watching. Sorry about the uh, laptop turning off, but we will see you all back on Friday.